This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, make it. Welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hello. This is episode 231. Maybe. I think so. Maybe. Sure, that sounds right. Who knows? Sure. Uh, Today is the 23rd of October, 2018. And, uh, yeah. Podcast is a thing this week. Surprise! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Any week when a podcast actually airs is like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I made <Yeah>. a thing. <laughs> uh, so welcome, welcome to the show. Um, as you can tell by my background, I am super psyched to hear from the Diablo team that at this year's BlizzCon, there won't be much of Diablo. No! <laughs> Yay! Son of a dick. Because, yeah, my cosplay... Mm. Plans and dreams just flush down the toilet. And he gives Was everybody a kind of assuming there would be Di- Diablo stuff? Sort of, kind Hoping of. I, I, sort um. of, I sort of expect something to at least happen every like couple of years. And I just figure because we're getting uh, Diablo on Switch, I thought that you know that might at least generate Coincide something. With new info. Right, yeah. right. I mean, I wasn't expecting anything to be huge, but I was just expecting maybe just a bit. And then they release that announcement. I'm something. just like. Eh. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Um, but yeah, our uh, awesome guest for this week is ACG Carrick, uh, Angry Centaur Gaming, I believe is the channel yep. name. So welcome, Thanks welcome for to me. the show. Thank Again, you. Man. Which I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised um, you guys weren't like, there's a blacklist where you're all fucked up. <laughs> we do have a blacklist. You oh, are dude. decidedly not on it at all. Oh. I'm getting on it. I'm getting on it. This is the week. (laughs) This is it. I feel like there's maybe only like two two people that I know for sure on that blacklist. There there probably are more, but we're I think at least in my mental blacklist. Yeah, yeah, there are just a couple. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I think the last time we had you on was like in August last year, I believe. So yeah, welcome back to the show. Thank you for tolerating us a a second time. You bet. bet. I appreciate you inviting me. Of course. Um, The blacklist contains Crendor is what uh, our chat is saying at the moment. Yeah, Um, it's Crendor, Crendor, and Crendor. Jesse Cox, dare to dream. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One day. Yeah. A single tear. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, this week has been um, somewhat eventful for gaming news ish i don't know if you consider it like a heavy week for news i only put down like maybe two or three topics uh the first of which um is actually kind of touching news um 
the late John Bain is being mm -hmm. inducted into the ESL Hall That's of Fame. Right. And this was something that ESL contacted me about uh, a couple weeks ago. They wanted me to come out to Hamburg and Germany for ESL 1 Hamburg, which is uh, predominantly Dota 2, I believe. Um, so I'm not the biggest Dota person in the world because I prefer the mod to the game. Don't hate me. You'll hate me anyway, but it's fine. Um, so I'm, I had planned to go out there, but unfortunately my immune system is not amazing right now. So I will not be there for the induction ceremony, um, but that will happen at ESL 1 Hamburg um, on tournament Sunday, uh, which I believe is in like um, a week or so, the next Sunday. Uh, so that should be happening then. He's the first non-player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I think that's pretty cool. That's the thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely cool. Um, mm -hmm. Moving right along so I don't get emotion. Um, <laughs> speaking of things to get emotion about, uh, do you guys remember Wildstar? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember that yeah. game? Remember how all of us were like, you know, it's kind of cool because, like, you know, 17 Blizzard devs left and they're like, we're going to make our own studio. And, uh, you know, Carbine came about and, and they're like, we're going to we're not going to make the same mistakes. You know, it's great to have a fresh start. We're going to make this game. It's going to be amazing. I remember seeing it like at PAX East, I think, for the first time. thinking it was kind of cool. It had, it had some interesting moments and it made the, the convention circuit. Um, yeah, they're closing. Um, <laughs> NCSoft has already closed Carbine down and Wildstar servers are being <clears throat> taken offline within the next month or so. You know, what's really sad is that <laughs> when this news came out, a lot of the response was, wait, you could still play Wildstar? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> I think you can look at, so. I mean, especially games right now, discovery is difficult. Like, does it, yeah. regardless, it's just, it's, and if your game, not to be rude, but if your game's a little bit generic looking, it doesn't matter what, you know, what your heritage is. People are bouncing around from title to title to title. We were just talking about some of us playing old titles right now prior to mm. the podcast. So it's, it, discovery is insanely hard. It's almost impossible it on Steam. Steam's broken. Like their filters are broken for even finding good stuff. Um, but and yet, at the same time, I think a lot of people feel like if they don't get their game on Steam, discovery is zero, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. it, it's it's a bizarre monopoly. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's just sad. I mean, I'm always a big fan of MMOs that come out because, I, like, I like those. I grew up on those, so I'm always I'm always hoping one's going to come out and succeed. But instead, you just have WoW version eight thousand. Yeah, that, that's kind of the the, the quote. When, when they made Carbine, that was the quote that they, they kind of gave to the press. We literally want to work on anything that's not WoW. And now I'm thinking, let's see, your game came out in 2014 and 2015. It went free to play in 2016 or 17. You took away the PvP servers because of the low population. It's 2018. You know what game does have a player base? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> MMOs, like, MMOs are so difficult, right? Because everybody was going, God, if only somebody would make an interesting, different MMO. Yeah. But if it wasn't similar enough to WoW, people would be like, I don't like this. This doesn't feel right. <laughs> you know? So, like, people, consumers don't always, no offense, guys, consumers don't always know what they actually want. 
True. True. Not only that, I, I mean, I don't know if they follow the same stuff you guys and I do. I like the people I luckily on my side job, I get to talk to kids who buy games, but they don't follow YouTube as much. And mm. some of the stuff they say, I'm like, did you know this and that? And they're like, no, I saw a commercial and I'm buying the game. And you're like, oh, OK, well, that makes sense. And I think with a lot of these MMOs, what they see that instant, it blurts up that that needs to sell them. And if you're not yeah. selling them, then it's almost impossible to return. We've seen a couple games, especially in the last couple years, return from a failed start, but it's rare. And it, mm -hmm. unfortunately. I wish that they'd had like more funding to branch out and at least maybe produce a different game mm -hmm. as opposed to just an MMO. It seems like that's sort of necessary almost with MMOs these well, days. Well, it's our battle royale. You, right. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> you, you, need, you need something to help pay for it. Like, um, I guess the sort of reverse way, it's like WoW used to pay for games like StarCraft to get content, basically, mm -hmm. or, or to be produced, or Diablo. You know, you had the cash cow and, you know, to feed the other games that you wanted to actually work on. Um, but yeah, I, I remember the they laid off like 70 people maybe like a year after they went free to play. And so I sort of saw the decline and thought that this might be the way of it, but I'm just, it just, mm, I, I feel, felt so bad because I remember meeting these devs and they were so excited about making their own studio. They were super excited about making mm. this game. And I feel like I kind of like walked with them sort of every step of the way through the convention right. circuit. I would see their game grow and evolve. And, and now it's just like, ooh. Oof, <laughs> literally. But uh, yeah. yeah, so unfortunately that is happening. Um, yeah, NCSoft has already closed Carbine. Um, let's see, what else is there in news? Uh, the Oculus co-founder has left Facebook after the Rift 2 cancellation. There's some parts to this story, basically. Facebook are saying that it's not what people initially thought it was. People initially thought, oh, great, because that new um, Oculus portable, basically, with no wires is coming next spring. Clearly, we're just never going to see another PC-driven headset like Rift. And that's not exactly what? true. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. They have not forgotten the PC user promise, according to Facebook. Um, they basically have said that it's just not going to be this incarnation that they were currently working on. Um, mm -hmm. But that as it may be, we don't 100% know everything that's going on inside there. But uh, uh, Brendan, uh, who was the co-founder and former CEO of Oculus, this is the quote, and this is the one that sort of disturbs me, <laughs> wasn't interested in a race to the bottom when it came to performance. So that does sort of make me question, I guess, where their dedication lies with future projects. Right. I know well, it yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people consider the Rift to not be as good as the Vive. Right. I don't know about... Um, the place what's the playstation one psvr yeah vaseline vision <laughs> vaseline vision well jesse really liked that one didn't you jesse yeah i i have all the vr systems and uh truth be told when you have glasses they all suck but <laughs> uh you know i i think that uh the way playstation is creating games for psvr is is great right now there's a lot mm -hmm. of good games on there um, but I still think movement and quality of life in 
ease and all that stuff, Vive is just better. But uh, Oculus also has, I think, a wider variety of games. So this is all over the place. I don't yeah. think anyone is necessarily better because I still think the tech is pretty janky. Um, but we'll see. I think this next wave, the new Oculus that's coming out uh, and the new Mega Super Vive and all that shit, we'll see. We'll see what that creates. But right now, it, it's whatever the hell you have. I mean, if you only have a console... PSVR is the best thing you can get. And if mm. you have a computer, it doesn't matter to me what you play on. <laughs> I mean, really, it's <laughs> it, it, it's all the same, truthfully. It's interesting that Microsoft, that uh, when they were asked about why they didn't announce it at E3, because everybody thought they were going to, and they said that there were some technical issues that they needed to figure out, assuming frame rate being one of them. Oh, yeah. But, um, it, so I have them all. I have WMR, which are probably my favorite headsets because they're inside out. I hate the lighthouses and, you know, having to, plug all that shit in and in <laughs> their higher resolution which is nice uh they're 1440p and they have you know flip up visors what my hope is is that we do see a company go and you know support putting all this stuff together you see pimax which is a kickstarter if anybody I've, I've got one of those they're they're not the greatest but they're trying and i would love to see all these companies come together the the thing that psvr has is sony man and sony even though it didn't do as well as they said you know they said they were planning on doing better than it did but Resident Evil is quite literally one of the best VR games I've ever played in my life. Like when you play Resident Evil 7 in VR, it is a different experience than when you play it normally. Even right. if it's like coating your eyes and Vaseline at times. Like it, <laughs> it, it really is fantastic. It's dark, a little harder to see. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's sad because I don't know what Facebook wants to do. But I do know that we're starting to see drop in prices, especially with WMR systems. They're going for $199 which is pretty crazy when you, I bought a Vive day one and yeah. that was, right. a, that was like a car loan. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, you talk to your right. spouse and you're like, so let's not eat for a month and uh, I'm going to be playing VR. So yeah, it's, mm. I want to see it succeed because VR games when they're good are, oh man, they can be a blast. So you're saying what, what you hope is one of these companies goes, that's nice. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. Let's take all of those. And put them into one system. Yeah, and that's not a Kickstarter because Pimax did oh, that. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I want somebody like Microsoft with you know WMR to say you know or a company Lenovo, one of those companies out there to say, all right, well we we do like eye tracking. If you've ever tested Toby eye tracker? Those work fairly well, not not amazingly well, but it's the technology is out there. And the glasses mm -hmm. situation Jesse talked about is a huge deal. Like half of these companies forget that people don't all have 2020 vision. Yeah. And Which is weird because they're big enough teams that significant number of the people on those teams is wearing glasses. You know <laughs> or, that. Has, or has a huge head or weird shaped eyes. That's another thing. But <laughs> be like, we're not going to worry about eye distance and you'll get a system. And if you have a friend who's got a, you know, bigger, smaller head and it doesn't fit perfectly, it's blurry regardless. Like regardless, mm -hmm. there's no way to fix that. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the quality of life, like Jesse was talking about, get, get improved on one of these companies. There, I'm, I'm, again, let me stress for the record. The technology is out there. Yeah. Go to Disneyland. Literally go oh, to Disneyland. Gosh, yeah. Or go to uh, the place in Chicago or New York. It's VR with just a backpack and a headset and nothing yeah. else. But and your hands and everything is interactive. You can see your hands and touch stuff. It exists. It's there. Um, so you just have to pay 35 bucks for it. But it exists. <laughs> and And... It's just a process of getting there to make it available in, in home. It's the same thing uh, taking like 
the arcades and bringing it into the home, eventually it'll happen. And we're all, the, the, the tech is there. It's just how to make it affordable for everyone. But, you know, it's, it's just a pain in the ass when, you know, you have to like look into lenses that you can equip into your thing. I just don't know why they, yeah. there can't be something just built into the game. Like, yes, we changed the settings and now your yeah. eyes can see it. I don't know. Especially for VR. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. It seems like such an obvious thing. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I I think one thing is offering it at a price that continues the roll forward. Like PSVR is awesome for that. WMR is insanely cheap now. If if we can continue that, because there are Elite Dangerous is one of the most enjoyable games when you do VR. And and they're a different experience. Um, I think the big problem is people forget that a video card that you need to run these and you need to run them well costs a certain amount of money. Well, that will display on any device, but a VR is just a display device that's restricted. And so I I think whenever I show it to friends, they're like, this is great. I mean, they have a blast or they get sick depending on if Skyrim or not. So they they play those games, but then they don't, the buy doesn't happen. Mm. You know, they're like, I'll just rent yours by means (laughs) of being your friend and come over. And, um, I don't know what the price is for that. I don't know what you guys think, but I think one ninety nine is probably the starting of that price. Two ninety nine, maybe. It it does need to be at that price where people can just, you know, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the it's still a gimmick. At the yeah. moment, it's still a gimmick, and it's just like a fun little thing. It's like every edition you get to your Super Nintendo. Like, oh, I have a bazooka now, and I have a format. <laughs> yeah, like all the things you would add on Sega CDs and whatever. Yeah. It, that's what it is right now. And I think there's also another inherent problem, which is that uh, currently in the environment we're in, a lot of people get their desire to buy a thing from watching someone else play with that thing. Yeah, exactly. And watching people in VR is one of the shittiest. Exp- it is my life. <laughs> it's goal. terrible. Is my life goal to film VR well and make a series where I play VR games. But when I play VR, it's like the screen is yeah. jittery. Or your hand. Yeah, what I have to end up doing is I've been practicing because I'm really trying hard is literally thinking of my head as a camera and like slow movement and doing and like trying to make it work. It sucks. There's got to be some bit of tech that's like the transition from X to Y. Even when you record, it records one third of the screen. Yeah. If you ever notice that, it doesn't record what you see. It records the top one, like maybe two thirds of the screen. So you're missing half of what's being recorded as well. It is a giant mess. And <laughs> and that's something as the industry, they need to figure out because people want to show off. Like there are plenty of VR games. That I'm like, y'all need to see this shit. It's so mm-hmm. cool. But when you watch the video of what you recorded, oh, you're like, yeah. well, that is shit. I wouldn't last five minutes watching this because it's just jittery and shaky and awful. People get sick too yeah. watching it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sad. I'm so glad that Jesse can relate because I after just finishing the hollow deck in my basement, so the entire room is is green screen painted now. Mm. I took um Oculus in there and I have the Vive in there too. And the problem I have is I don't have I can't see stereoscopic vision uh perfectly. So games like Smash with moving backgrounds and foregrounds mm-hmm. I can't actually play uh, because I can't see the edge of a lot of games that are done that way. So like same thing with things like uh, uh, Donkey Kong Country and stuff. I can't see the difference between the two. So filming 
games where the edges are a little bit blurred, even in VR, even in uh, 3D, whatnot, mm -hmm. it, it's a bit difficult. So I, I'm glad that Jesse <laughs> kind of understands a bit on the, the stuttering and whatnot and trying to film because I'm concerned about that too. It's like I'm wanting to make it a, a, a seamless like transition, but because where I can't see things, I'm ha often having to pan back over things that the normal mm -hmm. everyday person would not you know need to see twice and oh, yeah like makes things difficult. Um, <laughs> sam you know did tons of vr streams and it absolutely like depending on what he was doing and what he was playing either it was like really fun to watch or it's like you're inside of somebody's head going like like this and like yeah. <laughs> it's just it's it's, I didn't get sick, but I would be like, it's really hard for me to tell what's going on, you know? Um, so you're absolutely right. Like there's a, there's a quality to it that I think maybe you lose by trying to be a bit too cinematic because you do want to feel as though you are like a person, right? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> that aspect of it is, is one of the things that's really unique to VR is like, oh shit, what I'm seeing is behaving like a, like a human, right? Right. Right. But at the same time, it you have to be able to tell what's going on if you're yeah. a viewer. Yeah. It's like I think the, also the, oh go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I think the the ultimate sort of dream is a dual camera setup where I can do like first person and then and then bring it out to third person just like you do in a video game. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> please go ahead, Garrick. I, I was just gonna say that um, no, I agree with everybody here. I think so. I take a Dramamine before I play or like oh. some mode because I still get sick, especially because of the games I play. Mm. That that aside, you know, people are saying they're going to try to fix it. The one thing that bothers me is you get a Resident Evil 7 day and date VR as, as well as normal. You get Fallout 4, which I admit I was pretty harsh on, but that's because it to get it to run well, I had to do a shit ton of stuff. Much of that's been patched in. But that game, had it been VR right away, that's what mm. we need because I love Beat Saber, but Beat Saber is not Beat a full game. Great. And there's a VR tax. <laughs> It's just like the Switch tax. There's that tax on VR games. And you look at it, Vox Mechina or whatever on Steam for VR is one of the best Battletech mech games I've ever played in my life. But its price is prohibitive. People look at it and they go, it's only for this VR. And, you know, and that starts, and then you start looking at the, or the, you know, the, the things that pull it back, the penalties to it. And people just, they're just not jumping into it. I want more of these big games to be day and date. I just think we, unfortunately, a company's got to foot the, Bill, and I'm not 100% sure any company wants to. Yeah. Um, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Aw, you guys. You're no, so cute. You go for it. Okay, I will. Um, you're right. A lot, of, a lot of games are actually like experiences, and you feel like that wasn't necessarily worth the money. Um, and also, I've, I've talked with a couple of people who jumped in on VR early, and at this point now are going, should I just sell my system? Like, I don't, you know, it, it like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel worth it to have it yet, which I think is evidence of what Jesse was saying, that it still feels like it's kind of a gimmick system. Like, okay, yeah, I can, I can get a couple of different things where I walk around in a forest for a few minutes and sure, you know, but we don't have enough like games yet. It's like yeah. I invested $399, and that, that's actually the price of the next uh, Oculus system, by the way. Uh, I think they're calling it Quest or something in the, in the spring. So, yeah. I, with all that said, 
the one thing I do enjoy, which sounds very stupid to me, uh, be everyone, uh, I think everyone enjoys games where you're like in a cockpit, you're like in a big yeah. mech, you're in a fighter. Everyone get, everyone loves that. But besides that, the only other thing, like I can't do the walking things. I can't mm. do the ones where you're like, I'm in Skyrim, that makes me, me so sick. Yeah. <laughs> But the one thing I do love, and I might be the only person on planet Earth who thinks this is great because everyone else is like, why not just make a platformer? I love uh, games like Moss, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of the name of the game. Where it was Astro a horror Bot game. just came out too. Yeah, there's a game where you were like, a, it was a horror game where it's like Cthulhu, but in the Antarctic. And yeah, you, from Insomniac. Yes, and yeah, your head. Nowhere. Yes, your head's the, the light. And so you're controlling the guy, but your head is, yeah. the, is the light on it. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Those games I love, and it seems like sort of counterintuitive because like why why make it a VR game? For some reason, those are the ones I love the most <laughs> because it, it, I, I don't get sick playing them, and I can play those for hours and not be ill because my body's not like, what is happening right now? <laughs> it's like I'm looking in on the story is what it feels like. And, and those, I think, are very fun. And if we had more of those, I think it'd be cool. But again, it goes back to the fact that I might be the only person on planet Earth who actually likes them. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, more games where you are in a cockpit are also, we need more of those. That would show real VR. I was just going to ask Jesse, are you lazy like me too? Like my headset's three feet away and I'll look at it and be all, mm. <laughs> eh. Like uh, that, that pops up to me. Yeah, uh, truthfully, I, um, it's just for me a pain in the ass. Like if I didn't have glasses and didn't have to like do the whole setup thing, I would do it a lot more. But the problem for me is every time I use it for maybe 15 minutes or more, my glasses are all like smudged. My face right. has a giant indent of where my glasses are. They're like all pushed up right. into my face. It's just a mess. Um, yeah, this is what I also had this epiphany. Uh, this is for everyone out there who's a dirty birdie. When we were talking about, I was like, I need to see what VR porn looks like. I got it. I right, got it. Yeah, obviously. Right. I was like, well, this is pretty. This is pretty awesome. This VR porn thing's pretty good. But I also had the same like, that's a lot of work to look at porn. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know that I got it in me. Like that's you got to do the whole like VR thing. Got to set that shit up. Like, I don't know I don't if time I for that. Like after all of the footage from anime expo i don't know if i could ever like do vr porn without imagining all of those people in broad daylight just like <laughs> pounding against fucking balloon ladies like i don't think i can do it <laughs> well that's it's, haunting i'll remember it's that haunting. it's you. very haunting. haunting yeah i, I seem like, like i just Im i just imagine it first thing when i think of vr porn i'm like anime like a lot expo ruined it for me it seems like a lot of work to look at boobies wow. i'm just like the internet made us all lazy because I'm just like, I can't, it, it, it's like a cool concept. And, mm -hmm. and if they invested, that's what would drive the industry. Like all industries, <laughs> porn drive it. Let's be real. That's truth. Um, sure. But I think like, yeah, it, it, just in general, VR is like, I have the PSVR right here. Um, and I have an Oculus over there. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, uh, well, in order to do my Oculus, I have to, hook it up to the computer so that's one usb slot and then i need at least two others for the two little sensors and then i have to get out my controllers i don't know where Make the sure hell they're those charged oh yeah then i have to like put everything on and, and it's like well i have to find the space to do it and then i have to be exactly a certain position away and like in this office it means literally almost standing on that desk behind me i'd be far <laughs> enough away 
it's just a pain they asked to set up. And I feel like it just, again, ease of use and just making it easy for people to get access to it and, and own it. So yeah, cheaper, easier to use, less shit. They, there's, <laughs> it comes with so much stuff. If, yeah. if you could just have like a headset and hook it up to the computer, there's, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a hassle is what it is. It's interesting too, that the connect allowed you in Forza horizon three, I think, or maybe one of the proper Forzas, you could use the connect to look into corners and it would track your head. And the fact that you can't do like, even in racing games, a lot of racing games, is either full VR or non VR. There's other things that you could do there as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a definitely an odd situation. Um, but I will say with porn, there's a great Reddit AMA where one of the VR uh, cameramen did a, a AMA and they said, why is it that everybody's head looks so fucking massive in porn? And it is true. <laughs> and he's like, well, we don't have the right, we don't actually have the right cameras yet for that. So you get, you also get, and I've had people on my discord be like, yeah, it's, it, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. It looks like I'm humping Godzilla. <laughs> like, yep. That's exactly what it looks like. There you go. I mean, and, you, and then the other one was, they said, you can't multi-tab. I hate VR porn. And I was like, oh shit. I so, never thought about that. So, like it uh, didn't pop up in my head, but they brought it up. Makes sense. So basically VR porn at this point is just for people with, with like a giantess fetish. Giant head fetish. Nice. <laughs> fetish. Okay, great. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're forgetting. But wait, there's You're more. <laughs> yeah. It's all camera angles. So if their head's not in the frame, anything else that appears in the frame has that. Oh, no. Oh, or just, they look huge. Like, it, yeah, it's like, like this is a 500-foot woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. Again, go find the Overwatch porn. It is the funniest thing. Oh. Y'all need to great. Just, it's incredible. It is, Somebody what? spent so much time on it. The, the, you know, that, that, is, that is the stuff that surprises the me. Stuff. I'm talking about the two, like, the two Russian women who are like, Tracy here. That shit is oh, hilarious. God. Never That's mind. Awful. We're talking about different things. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the animated stuff is brilliant. Whoever's making yeah, that. That's stuff, what I was talking like, about. You're doing better animation than most gaming companies. Yeah, but, exactly. But the, go look up the like live action shit. It is one of the best BR, BR booty reality <laughs> BR. I've, ever yes. seen, I've ever seen. I it's hilarious. It's worth the watch. Tracy here. It's a, <laughs> I can't even. Just, I'm here for your just, booty. Just stupid, stupid side thing. I, I just, I remember being on Patreon the other day and uh, you know how you get like suggested certain things based on like who you back or whatever. It's like, oh, you support these people. Maybe you'd also be interested in, uh, for some reason, one of them was like uh -huh. a creator of uh, like gaming porn, basically. And I'm just like, so, you know, it, it is kind of it, it, one. It's slightly disturbing that people can put I, that much I, effort I, into it. But can I ask two, you a question? did you yeah. click on it? I did. I did actually. Um, obviously, they didn't show anything beyond the you know because everything's right. like locked posts. Right. Or oh, I'm not. I don't care about the the porn. No, I was just. I was, Are they making literal millions of dollars? Oh because yeah, yeah that's the thing. Banks. They're actually they're making, making a banks. lot of money, and I was just like, I you know, that. I'm actually pretty. Well, one, I was a bit disturbed that they put that much effort into it, but at the same time, I actually kind of really respected the point that they are making money off of doing this, and people it, are actually supporting. Only them. in this day and age, man. If you go, time that could happen. And this is just pro tip. One day, when you viewer, when you have time, one day, just go on Patreon and like try to find the top Patreons. The vast majority are dirty as shit, and it's just like, yeah. you know what? I get it. I get it. 
So, yeah, just like be aware that one day when I start only posting lewds, I want you to know I why. I was just going to ask Jesse, is, like, is this going to be your monthly lewd photo shoot? <laughs> the, the lewd Jesse Cox lewds. calendar? I want you to know. It's Yeah, oh, yeah. It's all fetish stuff. It'll be great. You'll like it. Tracy, <laughs> I'll show up and trace around Wait, there. that's the key. Guys, they're going to ham trying to do full-on porn games first off right because we're still in the early stages of vr we need to start slow foot fetish game you wouldn't have to worry about the giant problem unless like somebody wanted giant feet but like rubbing them with your controller nah yeah yeah it's just literally just feet sticking out of a box not in a million and then you have like lots of different stuff that you could like touch the foot with. <laughs> One of the guys in my patron is like watching the podcast now, headed to Patreon to look for these. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Yeah. There's people are just going to see a j- big jump in their patron and be like, how the hell did that happen? I, yeah. I couldn't actually figure out for the life of me. Some people were like, well, you do cosplay stuff. Maybe you should start a Patreon. And I'm just like, well, you know, what exactly do people who cosplay offer on Patreon? And and so, you know, I went and looked and I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh I, and here I am thinking in my naivete that it's going to be like, oh, maybe, you know, like armor patterns and stuff, because I do a lot of armor builds or perhaps, you know, some you seamstress patterns, that, you know, you don't have you to do feel that. the peer pressure. No, I know, but, 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 but I just, I, I was just trying to get ideas. I but you can do that. <laughs> It was just a brainstorm, and and I, I looked because some of my friends that you know are like on Twitter or whatever, you know, they had Patreon links in their in their Twitter profiles, and and I just I click and I'm like, oh, so you do that? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't think I could do that, but um, <laughs> I could I could PDF some some patterns uh, and and suggest materials and builds. That would be good, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. Me, my like two Patreon subscribers or something. Tutorials. <laughs> yeah. That's a good bit. But I just, for some reason, I just had it in my head like, oh, sure, that's what's happening. No, dumb Jenna, that's not what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was that blonde, stupid girl from the Midwest that literally thought that that's what cosplay was all about. No. <laughs> no. It can be. So speaking yeah, of uh, of being overworked, uh, the Rockstar Crunch. <laughs> do you love that segue? <laughs> I love that segue. Big segue. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys uh, what do you guys think about this? Is Rockstar actually trying to play good guy, bad guy? What's happening? Can someone explain to me the order that things I happen? I will. I will explain the order because it was like, oh, it's crunch time, and Ugh. we're getting this game out. And everyone's then there like, was some like backtracking. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then they were like, our employees say it's fine, which I always thought was like a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Sure. Okay. So Dan Hauser, VP Rockstar, um, basically humble brags hashtag humble brag on Twitter because we're still doing that. Um, that the Red Dead. Redemption 2 team worked like 100 hours in order to meet deadlines and deliver the product on time, thinking that this humble brag was totally innocent. Um, And then, of course, people were like, okay, so 100-hour weeks, obviously, that's not cool. A lot of journalists started asking questions. And then he's like, just kidding, guys. It was seriously just me and some lead writers. And that only happened for like three weeks. So, psh. Um, and then more journalists continued to be like, what's really going on? So they started asking questions from the various different rock star development 
houses, like their QA and whatnot. And basically, the answer to some of it is that I believe it's it's uh, Jen Colby, who's head of publishing at Rockstar, said, well, after talking to some of our employees, um, yeah, we do kind of get the impression that maybe some of them thought that overtime was forced or mandatory. <laughs> and so they've literally gone through every one of their sectors and did a talk with the employees, basically laying it out that overtime is not mandatory. And I'm not sure if that's because certain journalists started asking questions. It definitely is. <laughs> but then good guy Rockstar decides to put out this public uh, sort of movement. They ungagged their employees, which hasn't happened before. Um, all of them usually signed an NDA saying that they will not talk about anything going on at Rockstar on social media, etc. And they encouraged people to basically go public about their working hours. Mm. So this is their like attempts to salvage the the bad rep, rep that they got from the VP. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cleaning up somebody else's mess. Um, and and most of the people who have come out publicly, um, keep in mind, you know, just gonna play devil's advocate here a little bit. Who's to say that these people were not compensated or possibly, like, looked at differently for advancement opportunities or encouraged in the right-slash-wrong way to share? Or maybe the, these specific people were encouraged to talk about hmm. their hours, if you know what I mean, uh, publicly soon after the snafu whatnot. Um, most of them did say that they felt very, very encouraged to take overtime. I'm sure. Um, some said 40 to 50 hours a week. One person said that they worked multiple 70-hour weeks leading up to GTA 5, um, but that the crunch for Red Dead was less stressful than the crunch mm. for GTA 5. So, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the order in which things, the events have happened, and you can kind of draw from that what you will. Again, I just play devil's advocate, because not because it's my stance on things, but just because I want to present that we actually will never know what's truly going on behind the scenes. We only know what's sure. being told to us. All right, so like, react, go. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, even in a situation where they're like, our employees can say whatever they want, you know, um, it's, it's still easy, I think, for us to take that with a grain of salt because you're still saying something publicly. And even if they're like, don't worry, you can say whatever you want. You know that whoever is your boss is reading that, right? So like, I still feel like even though they are being told it won't, it won't have an effect on your job, it might have an effect on the way that other people at the company look at you and the way that they treat you. Um, so I don't know, but I, I understand that crunching is usually on the fault of whoever is at the top. I get that like everybody underneath that typically is not to blame because they're all just like, 
my boss is going to get on my ass if we don't meet our deadline. So y'all need to meet your deadline. And then those people are like, well, my boss is going to get on our ass if we don't meet our deadline. So y'all need to meet your deadline, right? Like I, I get that it's like a trickle down problem. Um, but it still, it still sucks that like, like we always talk about how Japan has like a horrible, oh, you know, yeah. crunch issue, right? You're that sleeping like under your desk, this, you got problems. Yeah, there's like a horrification <laughs> of working yourself to death, right? Um, but we like we kind of have a problem with that too in terms of passion, right? Like you're not passionate about your craft if you're not willing, you know, you if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life, sort of a sort of a concept, and it's like that's not always healthy. <laughs> right. So, um, I think it really did come from a place of like, Oh, this is how dedicated our people are. And, uh, a lot of us are starting to wake up to the fact that that's like not a good concept to hold, you know? So you can be passionate about your job and still go home at night and be with your family get a good night's sleep and eat sometimes <laughs> maybe do better work the next day because you rested well the night before <laughs> maybe go ahead jesse there's, sorry there's just a lot about I, I think the the big there's a lot of big problems here but i think uh besides the fact that at this current moment in time the climate is one of which it's like with telltale everyone's just like people busted their ass for a game and got fired. So it's everyone's a little raw on that. And yeah. this is something that's happened for a while, but at this moment in time, uh, I feel like it's just the initial tweet was like just a stupid move. Um, that also goes to show how, you know, in their own bubble, a lot of the like top guys at gaming companies are where they don't like get it really. Mm. Um, but I think the aftermath is one of those like terrible like catch 22s of like whistleblowers and or unreliable narrators or because basically they're like hey look we goofed but we want our employees to tell you what what they think and if you're an employee the first thing you're thinking of is oh my god in the current climate where they just fire people for whatever the hell reason because that's what games are like if i speak up i might lose my job because they literally have my name um, and it's, and it's also something where it's like, because it's the game industry and there are no real standards or rules, unlike real whistleblowing people are like, they like this, this is terrible. Some shit's going down. They could just fire you at a game company because like, well, we don't need your role anymore. So thanks for, thanks. For, the game's yeah. done. So we're firing everyone. And there's nothing to stop them from doing that. Which is like so, very normal. Like in, unfortunately, right, right. we talked about recently, right. That, that people working in the games industry have less job security than we do so much turnover fucking <laughs> video creators yeah mm -hmm. so yeah it's nuts yeah i don't it's it just seems really stupid that they would then say i'm gonna turn to my employees and have them tell you like no one's gonna t you can't trust anything <laughs> those people are saying right. because it, it, they're compromised it's like there's a bias there they want to keep their damn job mm. so i don't know i think it's i think the whole thing's stupid but uh mm. Yeah, I like I like that many people are just not willing to buy the game now. That's I mean, good on them uh, for having that like testicular fortitude to, <laughs> to, stick, <laughs> to, stick, to, stick, to stick by their guns and be like, look, I don't want to support someone who busts their their employees like that. But at the same time, you know, I'm still gonna buy Red Dead Redemption too. And so <laughs> I is probably to you. I'm, everyone I'm else. Buying that game. <laughs>
Jesse, can I ask a question that I feel like maybe you would be in a position to be able to answer and maybe not. Um, I'm only asking this because you're a past teacher and historian and whatever else. Sure. Why is it so difficult for developers to unionize? Uh, it's difficult for a lot of people to unionize. The, the yeah, whole why idea. Is that? Uh, I mean, truthfully, go back. Oh my God. Let's say early 19. We'll go back to the early 1900s. The idea of the terrible working conditions and the long hours and the, the craziness that went on with early industrial era jobs, like factories right. and such. Um, unions Here comes were created. Sally Field. It's happening. Yeah. Like unions <laughs> were created to combat that stuff, right? Sure. And. At a certain point, and I don't know if this was the 50s or 60s, maybe 70s, but definitely 80s. At a certain point, after unions became very prominent and started to actually have political power, um, there was a backlash against them that was like, unions are, are relative to socialism or communism back when there was the red scare and so everyone was like there became like a backlash against it like you don't need to unionize why should you unionize the union's taking your money they're taking your dues they're if you are let's say you're like a more conservative person but your union is giving the money to liberal causes why would you support like that kind of thing and because okay. unions got political power then it became a political issue instead of being a workers issue like a people and, issue gotcha yeah and then workers issues became something like well if you're fighting for workers rights you're a socialist like that kind of shit and so it's just everyone started tagging everything and and it became harder and harder and harder to associate unions with like we just want to do what's right for the workers when everyone thinks union, they think like, all right, but like what's really behind it. Right. So there's just, there's like layers of BS over the years, uh, but at its core, uh, and this, I think this is the problem with a lot of things like at the core of it, it should be about helping workers collectively bargain for better rights for their thing right mm. so it should be that a work like all the game developers will get together and they'll send representatives to talk to the gaming companies who will then work out what is fair between all of them and that's what they'll all agree on and mm. that's what they'll stick to but um yeah at the end of the day everyone has their own biases and agendas and who, you know, at that point when you have all the power of a gaming union, then the gaming union's like, how do we use this power for something? So it's a shit show. It's a real shit show. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, once politics got involved, it became crazy. And so that's why it's just hard for unions to start because everyone sees unions differently from what it was at its core, just like collective bargaining. I mean, you look at any gotcha. teacher's union, you got issues. You look at, I mean, Hollywood can't even make unions work half the time. I mean, look mm. at all the writer strikes that have happened. What happens? Oh, we're just going to go along with the Academy Awards anyway. We don't care if we don't have anyone to write it. So, yeah. there, you know, there are, I think there are a lot of issues in our, with an industry that already has so much turnover already. Like, I, I mean, union is probably what needs to happen. It just probably won't really be the answer because they'll just see it as, oh, okay, well, you're going to form a little union. Uh, that's fine. We'll just get a bunch of scabs in here and the turnover will be exactly the same as it was before. Ta -da! And that, and that's that's why you like sticking with a union is, and, and that's, that's another union problem is sticking with the union is like, okay, we can stick with this union and we'll fight against the gaming companies who are trying to replace us. But in the meantime, the gamer companies, because some people want to be game devs, they can just hire new people and bring them in. 
And, right. um, and then everybody and who's like really trying to stick with creating a union is like out of a job while yeah, they're trying right. to do it. Basically, the yeah. interns will have all your season jobs. And a great example <laughs> is like SAG-AFTRA. Oh, and looking God, at, yes. at the idea of, especially people who live in Hollywood, the idea that's like, oh, I could do your job, but I can't because it's not a SAG-AFTRA thing. Right. So then you have actors creating fake names. And, and if you remember like anime back in the early 2000s, you'd see an yep. actor who had two IBO, names because one stuff. of them was their SAG name and one of them was mm -hmm. the like anime actor name. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. And it all comes to people skirting rules. And yeah, it's just, that's what happens when you have... A, a society at least in the united states where it's like a, a very politicized idea concept of what a union is and so it's just like okay here we go again it sucks because uh i think at the core a union is like a solid thing and because they're yeah. standing up they're definitely trying to uh unite against like a bigger more powerful corporate interest uh and it's saying like okay all of us workers we demand the following from you if you want us to keep working but uh i think you know when it comes to youtube like a youtube union or a game developer union or all that shit, it just won't happen because it's so easy for the company to be like okay we'll just replace there you. are thousands of other people yeah yeah your place yeah so that's messed up is the answer yes mm. I, I think um let me phrase this the way i would in a nice way um, sure. So, Kutaku, sure. or I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name on this shit. Some some podcasts don't like to say websites, so somebody out there I just released some. Mm. Okay, You're just fine. released some data about um, you know, who felt what while they were working on this, oh. and they said one of the things that came out of it was that everybody everywhere felt differently. That mm. some people were, and these were people an, anonymous even, which they were very open in saying some of these people were completely anonymous and were still fine. Others weren't. A couple things you need to do when you're looking at anybody who works on a game is look at their technical, the the title that they have. Oh, yeah. And the title, you know, when somebody does say like QA, which I've done, there's certain times where you're like, meh, not much going on. And then there's certain times you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. I want to die. But yeah. Additionally, in the United States, um, and this is something we all grew up with because I think we're all at least old enough to remember some of these books coming out. But you got these books coming out about the making of Doom or the making of Quake, or the and people are like, I slept on my desk, I ate pizza, I, I, I got divorced. There was a sense of pride there. Jesus. And, that, and that was okay. That, that, we, we all thought that was fine. We were like, that's their passion, like it's we said. The we love are, of the game. Yeah, yeah, we are getting to this point now where we're starting to separate those two. But one thing that a lot of people don't want to talk about is the situation where regardless if the big companies do it, any small group of people could, they can do that if they want. Like, so like if I'm a one person developer, I could work 100 hours in a week mm. and there wouldn't be a union out there that would stop uh -huh. me from making me work that. And that there is a very distinct, um, I, I think there's a dissonance there where we talk about one thing. We're like, we need to, we need to do this. We need to make this change. They don't realize that there's other, you know, groups out there that would take advantage of that as well. And I think that that's the problem. We're looking at probably 20 years. Usually that's what it takes 15 to 20 years of unfortunately, a ton of issues in the industry as we fight all of these situations, we find out what's fair, what's not. We also find out what one person feels is fair mm. and what another person doesn't. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I work pretty hard. I would gather people around me that work that hard. That's just the way I would be. I wouldn't say, hey, sure. dude, you only want to work 20 hours? Sounds great. Because <laughs> that would make no sense. 
But I, I think when we look at this situation, anybody who says my employees can talk, unless you're an, you know, fucking Dallas Cowboy, you're not going to be out there bad talking your coach. You know, a lot of uh, sports stars might, but most developers are going to be like, fuck, no, I'm not saying anything. This is great. You know, right. and, and that is the unfortunate part. I like that, you know, Kotaku went out there and got some anonymous people because those are the ones I want to hear. But we are past the time. We are fucking so past the time of stating this is my personal Twitter account. Opinions are my own. It's gone. That's over. Your opinions are not your own anymore. They're they're engaged with your company regardless. How many times have we seen somebody who posts something on Twitter where the company says you're gone and they're it, 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 it's all mended together. So you're looking at 15 years, uh, I think, personally, 15 years of a lot of problems in the industry before everybody can even come together. And then guess what? Doesn't mean they'll stay in America. Not True to be that. rude. True. That we're we're allowing people one person right. can download Unity or download Unreal. And if a company feels like it's too expensive in the United States, they're going somewhere else, which is also a, a, a difficult situation. I think it just sucks all around. Those people want to make a good game. People who don't want to buy it, I get that, but guess what? If you don't buy it, then those people might also lose their jobs. So like Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, a, dichotomy. it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Exactly. But would I don't know. Would like a major com not saying that one or two person teams haven't made incredible games because they absolutely have. And we've seen evidence of that in the last couple of years, multiple times, but like, wouldn't the whole point be that a major company couldn't abuse their power against their employees? Because like, if I was on my own making a game, I would think that there would be no major games company in the world that would look at me and be like, that is a threat. <laughs> and we got to take her down, take her out, let her work a hundred hours a week. She's going to shit gold in there. Right. Hit like I, don't three, think, kill Dodger. I just, I just don't see, I don't see like that being like the big threat to the whole idea. Well, I mean, I, truthfully and honestly, I think if you look at it reasonably, yeah, a one person, two person, five person, 10 person team, in reality, they can work as many hours as they damn want to, but there does come a point in time where it's like you're the president of an organization of like 500 people where if you're if you're reaping the rewards on the backs of your employees, mm. then yeah. it becomes a different thing. Yeah, like it just, there's like a level to it. It becomes a different thing. And even though most people don't want that, like if you're the boss, you don't want to, like now that your company, you remember when you worked 100 hour a week, you, you did that. And, yeah. and they can do that too. But there is a logical fallacy there where it's like, that's not the way it is anymore though. Your company has grown so big that it can't be that way or that becomes a problem. And so, all this yeah, like, crunching, it should be the person who forecasted everything. That person should lose their job instead of the issue that's happening. Forecasting for games is complete. I mean, any developer I talk to will tell you that they're complete. It's completely broken right now anyway. Uh, Whether it be technological advances that come up, I mean, anything. It's it's broken right now when it comes to them deciding how long something will be, and and then you also have weird sales expectations. Look at Capcom thinking like Resident Evil Seven would sell eight hundred billion copies, and they're like it underperformed. And I'm like Capcom, you have in your financial group a bunch of English teachers then because they couldn't add two plus two. Like who the fuck went in there and said we need to sell eight hundred million copies of this or whatever they said? So you have problems everywhere, but I uh, think planning's a big one. What was it? I don't remember the exact number. Uh, the first reboot of Tomb Raider. Square yeah. Enix was pissed that it sold oh, like man. 4 million copies. They're like, wasn't enough. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? What? Where, 
Square Enix <laughs> absolutely has nobody who understands math working at their entire company. Probably won't ever get a review code again, but they, they <laughs> don't. They have no clue. And you'll see that come up a lot. Yeah, for sure. Rise was the same way, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. It's so it's and I think that comes and what it definitely does is it comes with the fact that it's AAA companies spending AAA money to produce yeah. games and they want to return on their investment. And they expect to get a bunch back. But like, that's not the way the gaming industry is right now. Yeah. There's so many games. This isn't like 10, even 10 years ago. This isn't like 10 years ago or 20 years or even 30 years ago where a big game when it came out was big for a long time because there yeah. weren't indies. And right now there aren't just indie games. They're straight up double a titles double a. and many of the double a titles are way better than triple a games vampire just a yeah. fact don't argue with me and you may like vampire we wouldn't argue I with you on vampire. vampire i liked it there were some there were some performance issues but performance well, issues sure. aside i love that game <laughs> that no, game's no, no. um fun coming fact out, coming out next tuesday by the way I already have a copy and it's amazing. Call Cthulhu. Y'all. Um, yeah, the same yeah, voice actor who did yeah, Vampire yeah, awesome. is is in it, actually, yeah. which is cool. And I've I have fun facts about Call of Cthulhu, which is where Brooke, you will love it anyway, because it Great. was um so originally it was supposed to have been done by the people who originally did the um Sherlock Holmes adventure games. Right. Um, yeah. And I am so sorry if you guys can hear this, but uh I have people mowing outside my window because Can't my HOA sucks. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> but I, I know some people in in the VOD will probably be like on YouTube, it's like, what is that sound? I can hear it. Um <laughs> Believe me, someone always hears it. Uh, yeah, and it's only going to get louder. I hate leaf blowers. I, I really do wish we could just ban them all. That would be wonderful. Um, so yeah, Frogware was, was originally supposed to do uh, Call of Cthulhu back in 2014. And then there was like two years of like, oh, we're not making progress. And Focus Home took it over to um, Cyanide instead. And mm -hmm. Cyanide were just bought out by Big Ben. So yeah. fun fact, uh, the... You remember the devil's daughter and what what ridiculousness that was oh <laughs> like, yes like to me that's probably like the weakest installation of the series sure. oh my god they for were like sure. in your yeah. sherlock's holmes games don't you want like an hour's worth of like a running away <laughs> sequence <laughs> no compared to crimes and punishment which was really good which right. is great right yeah. okay sorry um, no you're fine no i that's why i wanted the feedback um yeah. so the devil's daughter was the only one of theirs that was not D uh, published by Focus Home. They actually, uh, Big Ben actually uh, published it. So Big Ben just recently bought Cyanide. <laughs> and Cyanide are the ones who uh, developed Call of Cthulhu, uh, the right. official video game. Uh, the fun part about that is <laughs> that Frogware um, are the ones making Sunken City. City. <laughs> So it just seems kind of coincidental that, oh, I don't know, back in 2014, Focus Home went to them and was like, you know, hey, we, you know, Sherlock Holmes games, da, 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 let's use the same system and you guys can, you know, make the Call of Cthulhu video game. Two years go by, nothing happens, so they take it somewhere else and then on the backside, Frogwares like, you know, you know, we really like this idea. <laughs> I also so we take it. <laughs> still did some Elder God shit. Yeah, but both those games look dope. Both those games look but, great. I'm oh, sure. no, no, no. Yeah, and they're totally two different games entirely. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking very forward to uh, Call of Cthulhu. But I just, I do love the fact that they had to kind of twist the knife a little bit with the official video game. Oh, uh, I will say also hats off to them. Focus is always early with review code. 
and like call the Cthulhu's embargoes like the 30th, which is enough time to make five video like that. And and (laughs) not only that, but we've had that lately with a lot of big companies where they're starting to release really early code, which is I mean, that we talked about this prior to the podcast, but that makes obviously makes your your life a little easier. But um, the call of Cthulhu games. If anybody's play, if anybody doesn't get a chance, go check out that Xbox game, the Dark Shadow or Dark Corners of the Earth. Dark Corners of the I mean, Earth. Oh, that those game games is so... so fucking good. Yeah, and this one, <laughs> I can't say much about it, but I, I think you can expect at least some, you know, overall feelings of atmosphere that are the same. Focus Interactive is also the best B company. I mean, they <laughs> it's just B, B, B. They're always out yep. there going like it's like Piranha Bites, but actually with QA. It's pretty cool. <laughs> At E3 every year, they're the one company I yep. go to and see everything they have. Because every time I'm just like, get out of here with this weird-ass game. Yeah. They have like an RPG coming out that's set in like colonial times, but it's like a fantasy colonial world. Yes. And I'm like, yes, that was awesome. Yeah, like the the in, the bad guys are the colonists. I'm just like, this is like magic Pocahontas. I'm in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love great. that stuff. I want, yeah, I like the fact that that like, double a that b style gaming is it's what inspires me right now it's it's people who have a passion to make games but they just don't have, have a shit ton of money thrown at them meanwhile you have a lot of games that are all, like triple a titles are in that like we have to play it safe because we have to make our money back so we have to do what people like kind of thing which just means everyone rehashes the same shit over and over again and in you know it, it's it's not creative some of the games are fun and it gives you what you want. And I think everyone, for example, when I played, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey, like that's fun. It was a fun, it's like a fun game, but it's nothing new and shocking and like, oh my God, that blew me away. It's like, all right, well, that was a fun diversion before a game that I really want comes out. Really? Right. I don't know about you guys, but I've, no, no, I'm not going to, well, yeah, I'll say it. I did Red Dead. Yeah. I, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be disappointed because I think that their their expectations are so beyond belief. Oh God! I, that, I mean, the people in my Discord will be saying shit, and I'll be all, "Dude, you're making stuff up." The PS6 couldn't even do that, let alone the PS4. <laughs> like they'll they'll be coming up with shit, and you'll be like, "Man, we're gonna fucking simulate the Earth, and you know, like shit, move, continents moving," and you're like, "Fuck, dude, they're nowhere near that." Like that, <laughs> that uh, that's what I wish everybody do is bring down their expectations a little bit. Because if you do, then you can look at a B title. Because right now it's it's great. We can talk about all the shit in the universe that sucks about gaming microtransactions grind all that but right now is fucking fantastic like if you look at the game there are things out there whether it be old games new games b titles indie titles that are i mean astonishingly good and i i think that we forget that in the you know desire to make a youtube video where you're cynical about everything we sort of forget that there's some fucking wicked stuff i can't do i can't do it i can't like there's so much good out there that I can't take the time to be like, I played a shitty game that I hate just so I can like trash talk you. 1,000 hours, okay game. And you're like, what like, the fuck were you doing for 900? I see that in Steam reviews all, the, all time. the time. Somebody yes. will have spent like a hundred and something yeah. hours yeah. playing a game and they're okay. like, here are all of my cons for this yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, why did you spend so much time on it yeah. that I don't understand? What happened? <laughs> I got taken to task for that over basically any game that I've passionately sort of 
pointed out things about in the past couple of podcasts. Like, people didn't like that I crapped on the new Tomb Raider game. People didn't like that I crapped on certain parts of Odyssey. People didn't like... I'm not crapping on anything. It's not a full-scale review. I'm just telling you there are performance issues, and there are certain issues with microtransactions that I just don't think should exist with a AAA company. So, right. it's like, excuse me for pointing out, like, very obvious things that probably shouldn't exist, in my honest opinion, <laughs> but it doesn't always mean that the game was not worth playing it's like well why did you continue just sure. th- and that's the thing that came at me is like people were like well you just you went on like a 10 minute like rant on the podcast about the last installation of the tomb raider and you played all the way until the end and then crapped on the ending too and i'm like well yo but yeah. the ending of the newest tomb raider is shit though for the right, record right. it's shit <laughs> for the record it is oh. a terrible and let me say it again ending. <laughs> the ending they shipped with is different than yes, the ending they that's oh. bullshit that's a bullshit Wait, game what? right there was a different yeah, ending. The, yeah, there's a different ending. You can see the cutscene. In, oh, in oh, Tomb yeah. Raider, in the newest Tomb Raider, they shipped the game with an ending that people actually really liked, but the first patch patched out that ending and put in a different ending. And of course, I always wait <laughs> kind of for that first patch. It's terrible. Because it's terrible. I can't really critique performance issues if they're doing a patch like the next day. I, I usually yeah, but try that's give bullshit too. They'll give you and they'll give you a review code and they'll be like, uh, reviews are available on the 30th. Mm. We'll give you a day one patch 29th at 12.01 that right. fixes everything you could ever have a problem with. And you're like, fuck off. You're pretty liar. Much, pretty much. But I will say this. Up? What? Sorry. Can we put up the spoiler overlay? I need to know. Oh. I need to know okay, what this I'll ending put it up. is. I'll I put have, it up. I'm okay. never going to play this game all the way through. All right. Spoiler oh. alert. Oh, this ending. Spoiler alert is up. Go, Jesse. Okay, great. Go, Jesse. Go. What are the two endings? Why did they change it? Tell me everything. I have to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, the ending was one. It, it, it was the, the end, current ending is more of like an open, like, oh, what, what could happen? And the other ending they had was one that was like a character that you definitely thought possibly was dead is definitely like doing a thing. I I, I don't want to. You can be even candid with the spoiler, spoiler button. Up. Yeah, even with spoiler up, I'm trying to be very good about like not giving away. Keeping it vagueish. Okay. Yeah, so because people like, yell at me all the time, and I'm tired of it. <laughs> My Twitter timeline is people yelling at me saying I spoil too much. So you're saying the ending that they shipped with was more definitively like cool stuff is on the horizon one and then been expected and i i feel like yeah one would have probably been anticipated or handled better or like received better like it would have made sense and would not have been breaking that I probably see. makes no sense i'm probably making it worse let me stop <laughs> okay being you big think- sucks i'm i'm no good yeah, at being you, big. Can take it you can take it down okay i'm so sorry i i cut you off what were you saying, ACG? Oh, no, I was saying it wasn't very long. You, you said you didn't think you'd play it. And I was just saying, well, it's not very long if, if you know, if you want to, if you want to jump in there, but I it see. doesn't sound like you're so, really. All right. All right. All right. This is, this is what I'll, this, I mean, chat is telling me to spoil. So this is what I'll say. Um, the, I, I won't go beat the ending so you can see the shitty ending, but the ending that you can no longer see the basic gist of that ending was that at the end, um, it, it, it does like a post-credit thing and the post-credit thing is essentially you see the original guns and you see a letter and the letter is from a character who is in the very first Tomb Raider game hmm. and 
I believe it's suggesting that the next game is a boot of the original Tomb Raider. It's like it's setting up the fact that like I see. this whole thing is leading back to that yeah. and going to launch off on this new path that's like really exciting and like, oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. But they patched all that out. And, they, and what they did instead was like end it and not give you something like that. The hint of like, oh my God, it's the two pistols. It's a letter from the character from the original Tomb Raider. It, it basically like the next adventure is beginning and it's beginning over again right. at the point it was before. And they they ruined that. Like that's basically what happened. I if see. You must, if you must know, why would they? The do implication that? is that Jacqueline, I think, or whatever yeah, damn just, name is. Someone Jacqueline, in chat said Natla, but yeah, ja think, well, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Nada, Natla, yeah, um, is the character. And so they don't hint at that at all in the in the new game, uh, in like the new ending. But yeah, that's what I was trying to get. At. Like, there's a character who may still be around, like that kind of shit. Basically, they take all of that out and they. They, they destroy any hope of like something amazing and I don't know why because to me that's like oh shit yeah we're back we're back baby and they yeah they deleted that so do you do you think that they made the original ending with plans to make another game and then they were told we might not make another game Possibly. I, I, guarantee, I feel I mean, like that's that. a possible. I, I feel like that because in the one that's included, you see like relics from like all three games like around mm -hmm. her and she seems really like happy, like there's closure. And right. that and that's the whole thing. And that's kind of what pissed me off about it. I was because I was like, okay, well the other one like gives us a bit to hope. You know, it says that, you know, and, and it felt more felt more like the ending belonged. But the other one is just I don't know. Well, yeah, it, like mm. it, it, Jenna's right. Like it's, <laughs> it's. I'm trying to find the video so I can just show you and put it in chat and stuff. Mm. But um, literally, it's like just a real simple butler walking by all the artifacts from all the games, and Laura's just like, "I'm sitting at my desk doing stuff." And then there's a letter, Laura. right? And it has the guns, and it's like a setup for, "Oh my God, the next game is going to be amazing." Mm. Um. And they just straight up remove that. And I think it was supposed to be a nod to the fact that, like, we've experienced the three games that are sort of how Laura becomes her, the, the Tomb Raider character. And now that's done. Now we're going to get, like, we're going to go back. We're going to show you some crazy shit from, like, the old ones. And, in yeah, there's a hype there that in the current ending is non-existent. It is okay. a, like, oh, uh, well, we beat it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm trying to find a video of it, but I don't know exactly what to look for. I'm like yeah. Tomb Raider ending, I've alternate ending. I've got one. I'm gonna. Put what on what I liked now. about the games is they continued to, to say like Laura is gonna become the Tomb Raider for three Tomb Raiders, and you're like, is Laura just slow? Is, because is she gonna beat it? Is, is she gonna time. beat it yet? <laughs> yeah, she also must have brittle bone syndrome by the by this time with the amount of <laughs> shit. Damn. On fucking everything, man. Yeah. But um, right. I, I do, I do, I liked it. Uh, not the ending, but I mean, I liked the game. I thought the ending was fine. I can totally see why somebody would have an issue once they see the the, the cut. When that's one of the things that we have with gamers too is like you can see these things. Well, remember we're living in an era with hot coffee, which was the GTA shit that was in the game. This stuff gets in the game. In fact, in a lot of uh, Steam titles, you can right click and you can go into the folder and you can look at movies that a game has, and many will never show. Like they just, they're in, you know, there's some legacy thing. I think here, I think Dodger's completely right. I think what happened is they looked at it and they were looking at sales and they were like, you know what? Let's just close this off. And then if we do decide to do it, 
you know, we can do it. It'll still get, garner a ton of support if they go back anyway. It does feel like they took it safe and they were just like, I, let's ride this out. I agree with you, but I also think that the, 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 the idea of her, like this game transitioning into the first game mm-hmm. doesn't need to be shown either like they could put this ending in and be like and now she's the tomb raider and then give us a different completely different story if they decide to continue the the legend but this feels like a like a full circle kind of thing so even if they stopped here and didn't make it having that nod is one where it's like ah okay it's a nod to the original games so it doesn't need to have a follow-up yeah and and it's just it just sits wrong but i think you're absolutely right the idea that like if we hadn't known about this and we hadn't gotten this, things would have been just fine. But the fact that that we understand it, mm, yeah, um, still like we understand that this this there was this other ending ruins what we got, and I think that right. that sucks. But um, you know that it happens, so it's out, and and everyone knows. So we got Pandora's boxed on this one. We're <laughs> like, all right, tough, tough shit. Everyone's pissed. Right. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. The wonders of uh, being in an era where a patch can just completely exactly. change a game. <laughs> How weird is that? So weird. Um, yeah. So I think uh, this might be a good point to, uh, since we're about half, or actually a little over halfway through the show, uh, to thank our sponsors, Squarespace, for sponsoring today's episode. <gasps> Yay! Yay! We love Squarespace. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> Um, sorry, just putting the URL on the screen. There we go. All right, let's see. Oh, I have a story for you guys. While we segue into this, is this a scary story? Is it a scary no. story? No, I wish I could make. I mean, I could. I could try and make it spoopy as possible with it being near Halloween, but that's not going to happen. Can I make a scary story? Um, a scary can, Squarespace. Squarespace could, story. You can make it with Squarespace. <laughs> I could. Squarespace, make it. Make it. <laughs> we can make it spoopy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so let me do the blurb, I guess. Um, where is my thing? There it is. Um, it's still 10%. Yeah. Over at squarespace.com slash co-optional to get 10% off of your first order. Uh, make it with Squarespace. They do obviously domains, um, beautiful website templates, mailing campaigns, because we all need more of those in our inbox they actually yeah. do look really nice <laughs> we'll be honest um but the story i have for you is basically um an issue that i went through with a different provider i'm gonna call them let's see what am i gonna call them Mm-mm-mm. i am going to name them a uh, client crocodile how about that it's a specific domain provider uh, for the URL uh, cynicalbrit.com. I was uh, trying to migrate it away over to Squarespace because I've had issues with them for a period of time. Technically been with that company for seven, eight years and um, couldn't even like renew the domain. I was getting one of those domain uh, registration expiry emails uh, from the provider. And I was just like, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this because I'm having to chat in manually uh, with that provider all the time just to renew a domain. Mm. Clearly, there should be a way to pop in a credit card and and things happen, like things renew, things, yeah. 
Um, so I tried to get it to migrate over. I couldn't even get them to unlock the domain because they told me that they, uh, they didn't own my domain, that it was serviced by someone else, by a different provider. Uh, had to go get that provider to email the other provider to tell them that, yeah, actually, uh, you do own that domain because you're a subsidiary of us. <laughs> I know this is all very vague, but it literally took me the span of two weeks to get a domain found, located, and unlocked just so I could move it over to Squarespace. Since mm. moving it to Squarespace, it has been so much easier. Forwarding well, was good. already set up. Everything was retained from the old records, which was great. Um, and yeah, I did actually use my own Squarespace discount to get 10% off of that first order <laughs> because I did that. Um, but yeah, client crocodile, you can suck it. Squarespace for the win. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it should it should not take it should not take two weeks to unlock a domain, and then having to fight them for the reg key as well. That was a whole another ball of wax. Having to tell them, yeah, you do own my own my domain. It's like just put it in, into any DNS lookup. You own the domain. You you service it. It is there. I promise you, it's there. No, of course not. It doesn't happen. So yeah, Squarespace have always provided excellent customer service. So make it with Squarespace and head on over to the URL and save money off of your first order. Make Got it with very Squarespace. sexual sounding. Yeah, it's normal. And then it's like, hey, hey how, you, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Squarespace. It's, I, I, th I think I get it from when Jesse pimps his channel, if I'm honest. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, you want to you, you wanna drop that lifetime subscription? Do it, Jesse. Lifetime subscription, twitch.tv slash Jessica. <laughs> Let me put my VR helmet on and look at you. Hang on. <laughs> his channel looks I bigger if you can't. Yeah. All right. So on to games. I am the best at live promos, by the way. Totally not. I'll pre record <laughs> something next time. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys like a, a real life application of how things happen. Like the time my HOA fired me because Squarespace would do a better job at setting up a user-friendly template than I would. <clears throat> yeah. So games, 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 games. What do we have here? Um, we yeah. can talk about things that we have been playing. I'm going to jump in here and go first so that way I don't forget to go because that's it. happened before. Um, I have been playing a game called My Memory of Us because I enjoy playing games that are light and whimsical and not about serious matter at all. Um, <laughs> My Memory of Us. My Memory of Us. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, this looks cool. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the tag for this uh, would be, if I had to summarize, a Holocaust story with robots Holy and Patrick shit. Stewart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ta -da! then. Um, made by Polish developers, uh, Juggler Games. And here's the kicker. Are you ready? Ready? Yes. Brace yourself. Rated for ages 10 and up. Really? I mean, the artwork, the style of gameplay, I can see how this could be like a, I don't, I've never played it, but yep. I can see how you could like give this to a kid and be like, hey, uh, this is just a fantastical version of like some terrible real life shit. Mm. Mm -hmm. But it looks fantastic. It, it does. 
I'm actually just uh, throwing a trailer up here so that way people can see what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, mm. e, f- e for everyone, 10, 10 and up. I, uh, I, I just <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I saw the trailer for it. Um, but I heard Patrick Stewart and I was like, oh, you got me. Crap. It is Patrick Stewart. It that's is for sure. Patrick Stewart. So um, the idea behind the development of this is these Polish developers wanted to make a tribute to their loved ones and kind of tell their story uh, about like their childhood experiences, basically. Uh, some of the, mm-hmm. you know, just like, I guess, like the shock and the, uh, the things that they saw. You know, it's like all of a sudden one day certain people were different and this evil king uh changed all the rules and so they Mm. wanted to put that into a game to allow others to experience that in a in a unique way so in this game um people wearing red are different not going to tell you how uh but i think you can guess there are robots which i you know imagine you might consider the nazis and then there's a robot king but i'm not going to give that man the satisfaction of being a king so it looks and reminds (laughs) me of like Valiant Hearts. Mm. Yeah. If you remember yeah. that game, which I yeah. loved that game. That yeah. game was great. Um, the cool thing about this game is uh, you can, I mean, there are aspects of this game. I, it's like, I'm tripping all over myself now because I have issues with saying a game that is about the subject matter is cool. Uh, but right. <laughs> if we weren't to look at the subject matter, the interesting dynamics of it is that you mm. can choose to play as the boy or the girl. And you guys hold hands. And if you are the girl, um, the boy benefits from you getting basically a speed boost. And so the boy would actually run faster than he would if he were to run alone, which I think is kind of adorable. And uh, if you play with the boy as the lead, uh, the girl actually gets more um, like a stealth bonus. So detection is more difficult. Uh, at that point for her um, if she's if the boy is in charge and they're holding hands mm. so adorable and there are certain dynamics where um, the boy is smaller so he can fit into certain spaces where she cannot um, they both get uh, tools to use so she gets I believe it's like a slingshot uh, to uh, like hit different buttons to uh, solve certain puzzles or, or achieve certain objectives whereas he gets um, a light where he can illuminate areas that you'll need to get to and there there are some slightly harrowing things. It's like as as jovial as the art style might seem, and it, and it does do a pretty decent job of trying to stay a bit light, but also, um, you know, it is. Uh, how do I how do I describe this? Um, it's dark, is it, what it is. Yeah. The topic is dark. The topic is dark, but the game is trying to its best to be light, but still provide education right. to those experiences. There right. is a um, point where you have to climb on top of a pile of suitcases to retrieve a, uh, a toy for a girl that you know is going to be ferried off by the robots. And it's just like, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the the overall objective of the game is to uh, basically survive. You, you are doing tasks that allow you and the people also in the game to survive. You um, find, like, love mementos for couples and things like that. And it is a very interesting game. And there is also Patrick Stewart. So, Great. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, like so that's a game. Oof. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
Anybody else want to go? Because I suck at Yo, podcasting. I will go. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, first off, Reigns Game of Thrones came out. Oh, um, yeah, how is it? I haven't touched yo, it. Yo, it is so. How do I even describe this game? Um, those of you who've never played the Reigns games, it is essentially like con- running a kingdom Tinder is how I'd best describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the first game, it was about being a king and you would do a bunch of stuff and eventually you die and then a new era would come along and you would try to do little objectives. But overall, there was like a weird, creepy story and it involved a dog that may be the devil. Who knows? The next the game came out. <laughs> yeah, the next game came out and it was about being the queen. And um, in this one, there was like almost a meta narrative where the game was like messing with you, the player. Very cool. This time, the minute you load up the game, it is like, you are Daenerys Targaryen, and I am Alessandra, and, uh, well, no, it doesn't even start that way. It starts with, you're Daenerys Targaryen, and you're just in it. And I'm like, wait, hold on. So, is this spoiling something? Is this a spoiler? To the, what? But as you go through it, you complete the intro, and then it ends however it ends. And then the red witch Melisandre is like, ooh, I've, I've looked into the flames, and that's one of the possible outcomes and then she opens up the fact that maybe Tyrion could be it. And then you go to a screen that has all these pictures on it, but many of them are locked. Mm. And so Tyrion opens up and then you play through Tyrion. And then based on what you do, if you unlock a certain thing, I unlocked Jon Snow. So then Jon Snow shows up and then you can play as him being the king. And then you have all these different things. Melisandre keeps showing up every once in a while. And I feel like there's a overarching plot involving her that I don't quite know yet, but the things that I do like know that eventually happen, she could be on the throne. May, I, yeah. I have no clue what it is, but um, there's a lot of, it's definitely based off of the TV show, not the books. And <laughs> it is definitely based off of the fact that if you've seen the end of the last season, you'll get what's going on. But if you haven't, it's massive, super mega spoilers. Literally, gotcha. super, the Jon Snow storyline is like super triple duper spoilers. Gotcha. Um, like when, when you know, when uh, uh, I can't remember, my brain just died. When uh, Jontron shows up, what's that dude's name? You know who I mean. You know, you know who I mean. His friend Jontron. When Jontron shows up, <laughs> Samuel Tarly. Samuel Tarly. Yeah, yeah. We, we got Samuel shows up. Close, quite close. In yeah. my head, all I could see was him, was John Tron marrying yeah, that like, and having okay, the baby and and little John Tron and, and yeah. <laughs> I just I saw him. I saw him in the um, chains. <laughs> yeah. So when Samuel Tarly shows up, he literally says, "Like, remember when I told you about?" And the spoilers, like, "Oh, you mean the very last scene of the last episode wow. of the last season?" Like that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um. So they uh uh keep they they keep dropping stuff like that but the the process of the game is just like everything else there is uh they changed it but it's roughly the same thing there is the um oh my god i'm trying to think of the name the city watch whatever they're called the gold cloaks that's the sword the um church is the church of the seven the people are just like the people and then the coin or the, the crowns um and you know it's the same thing where like instead of dealing with bankers you're dealing with bravos or whatever like like there's all the it's all the game of thrones shit but it's literally the exact same thing 
Um, so at a certain point, no matter when you play, at around turn 28, it starts to snow on the screen. And then by turn 30, it's like, yo, the White Walkers are coming. And everything you do has a, it, I think it says it does 20% more. Whatever the case may be, whatever choice you make does 20, it like changes the impact greatly. Yeah. And that's, I haven't made it past turn 42 because that's when shit starts to get crazy. Like shit gets real out of control. So I don't, it, it, I've been trying to focus on doing the um, little objectives at the bottom so I can progress the game. Right. Um, but yeah, it has all the tropes of like, ah, you can follow this, uh, like a white dove appears and leads you into a dungeon behind the throne like that kind of stuff it has all the different tropey things um but of course at the end the various endings like if you uh run out of money the iron bank takes over the throne if you um die it, like if if anything happens at a certain point after the white walkers show up it literally is like you become a white on the throne um there's like it's like a lot of crazy endings. Uh, I, one of them, I was betrayed by all the noble lords because I was too weak, like that kind of shit. Uh, but you could also earn titles, and you could also like like uh, one of the things was, do you want to rebuild the septum? Which is like, first off, massive spoilers, but second off, like, okay, sure, what is it? And it like gets you bonuses. So it's if you're into the lore of Game of Thrones, I will simply say the best strategy I found out is playing the character. Like, if you're playing as Jon Snow, play exactly how Jon Snow would. And you'll get further than you would have been like, I'm going to try and metagame this and figure out what's what. Like, play as Daenerys would play. Like, Tyrion, play as Tyrion. And, and the last person I unlocked was Arya Stark. And so it's like, oh, shit. And Arya Stark's storyline is not at all what you'd expect. <laughs> it is, it's, it's vastly different than the other ones of just, like, being on the throne. Um... It's super fun. It's definitely a unique, different experience from the other two games, but it it feels just like them. So you know what you're getting into. You kind of get the gist of it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, okay. I need to to play this a little bit differently. So yeah. that was that was a bunch of fun. I was actually kind of um well, no, I did. I shouldn't actually just say actually, but um I resisted getting this one when it came out I, I think it's already on ios as well um the rain yes. on ios originally are, are pretty neat i mean they're you know very easy to play on ios obviously um but i resisted getting this one because i thought oh it's just gonna be the same formula you know like you a get too poor. yeah yeah you get That's too poor too. they're going to come in and, and take your stuff i mean i like game of thrones don't get me wrong it's just i felt like it would be very literal <laughs> as a reskin so i'm glad that they're they're you're making the point that if you do play it like the individual characters that there is actually something different that's in there for you versus before where it's like you are just some blah 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 named ruler and then you die and then it's like oh but here you are another monarch and it shows your family tree and went up but the family tree for game of thrones would probably be a lot cooler <laughs> yeah it so. doesn't it doesn't do that what it mm. what it does when you lose it like flashes back to melisandre and if you achieve something if you got something she'll be like oh this thing happened and then a new character will unlock right nice mm -hmm. but if you don't she's like something's wrong i don't um and then eventually she'll come to you depending on choices you make as a character and she'll come like when i played Jon snow she kept showing up me like john look into the fire john and I'm like, no, fuck no. And I finally <laughs> did, and it unlocked a new it unlocked a new thing for me. Oh. And I was like, oh, 
all right then. Because I was like, Jon Snow would never look in this fire. He'd be like, get out of here, bitch. But but right. instead, I was like, yes, of course. Beautiful <laughs> woman who isn't secretly wearing a necklace that spoilers. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's one of those things that just like, I the more you dig into the weird uh, like meta nature of these games, where the game's trying to show you there's more than what you think, the more it's like, ah, all right, now we in it now. So mm. it's cool. It's definitely worth picking up because it just like how I thought Reigns Her Majesty was that the second one? Was yeah. That the name of the, just like how I thought that was going to be very very similar to the right. first one. By the time th- my computer screen started glitching, I was like, "Oh the hell!" All <laughs> right now. So I love that kind of stuff. So this yeah. this really stands out to me. Cool. Sounds fun. Yeah. Neat. Um. I have a I have a game to talk about. Please tell me you're going to talk about Return of the Overden. I am. <laughs> yes! Oh wait. Oh thank God, somebody's going to talk about it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Return of the Overden is by uh, the same guy who made Papers Please, and it's the and I played ever. the demo for it a couple of years ago. The demo was literally just you are on a little boat and then you get up onto the ship and you kind of oh shit this game yeah, yeah. it's really so all week the actual game came out. And I've been playing it, and holy shit! If you're the sort of person who loves like deductive reasoning games, this is literally just a game where you are trying to like use context clues and any information you can find in order to come up with like correct answers. So cool. the idea of it is that there's a ship called the Oberdin, yeah, and it has vanished, and then it shows back up. And you work for an insurance company and you're asked to go out to this ship and figure out what happened here. Um, You are given a magic watch. This watch, when you use it next to the remains of someone, you can see their final moment of life. You hear the last conversation that happened around them and you see a freeze frame of their final second alive. And you can walk around in it and see like everybody who was there, see maybe how they died who was with this person, what was going on on the ship in their final moment. So you can also incept into other bodies. So say that like I used it on a person and saw their final moment. And in that final moment, there is another dead person. You can then see that person's final moment and then another person's final moment to try to get like the full picture of like what happened here, right? Like where did these bodies come from? Are they connected? What happened? Um, so honestly, like the first, maybe one third of the game is finding out all that information, seeing every scenario, seeing everything that happened on this ship. The rest of it is trying to use the information you have, the conversations, everything that you saw, the ship's ledger that you have to figure out who is every single person on this ship and how did they die and why did they die? There are 60 people on this ship and it is so difficult to figure out who everyone is based on these very natural conversations. Like honestly, every conversation that you hear in this game, you're like, that was very natural sounding. Like if you hear a name, it, it feels natural that you heard that name, but a lot of times you don't hear names. You, you kind of like, you have to, sort of read into how people are treating each other. And sometimes you'll see two people next to each other a lot. And you're like, wait, are they next to each other for a reason? You have um, pictures that were drawn by like a person who was on this ship who drew 
who did like sketches of life on the ship, right? So you can look at those and and try to like infer things from those. And it's incredible. It's an incredible game. Um, I so far have 30 people locked in. Oh, and <laughs> I know. And like you you feel so smart when you figure them out because the way that it the way that it works is you kind of like put in information where you think it makes sense and for every three fates is what they call them so like figuring out the person how they died and if they were murdered who killed them for every three fates that you have correct it'll lock them in mm -hmm. uh so sometimes you'll put something in there and be like this is definitely right and then you'll put in a few more and it'll lock three in and you'll realize, wait, it didn't lock that other one in. So that's wrong. I have to go back and like rethink that, you know. Um, it's it's such a good game, like a really, really good game. And uh, I hope that I hope that more people will play it. The only thing that I would say is a detriment is that just the look of it, because it does <laughs> that that old like screen like Macintosh style screen. Lucas Pope um, only knows the green and the white. <laughs> Papers, please. Yeah, I played it for a few hours and got a heinous headache. <laughs> I was like, I honestly would keep playing this game, but my eyes hurt and my head hurts and I need sure. to step away for a minute. Um, which you might say like, that's a huge issue. Uh, but the game is so good that I don't think that you should let that keep you from playing it. It's just, it's so, it's a fascinating game the way that it plays. So the devil is in the details. When you're playing this game, you're going to be like, I don't get it. I've locked in like five, six people <laughs> and there's no more information. Like there's no way I can figure anything else out. You can, you just got to keep looking at scenes, keep listening to conversations, like just keep at it. And you're going to make connections and be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And you're going to feel so smart. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. The game looks awesome for sure. I mean, how much was it? Is that a, that's an indie 15, 29. I think it was $15. I think it was, yeah, it sounds about right. Um, I've been playing the Kingsbird again. Has anybody played it's that? $20. Sorry. Oh, 20 bucks. Oh no, that's all right. Um, it's, it's an indie game where basically you are, it's, it's sort of, so I, I wouldn't call it cell shaded. It's sort of a artsy kind of mm. thing, but it's, it's a lot about flying where you're a character that's just flying through different, um, obstacles in a level. But you know, when you look at level design in a lot of games, especially like, let's say some of the Mario's best levels, there's a sort of a, a moment when everything's hitting just right. And, you know, you see almost like a speed runner, you almost feel like your own speed runner. But I got to say the King's Bird is one of those games that makes even a shit player feel like they're a speedrunner. Like there is something so awesome. I Because when I played it, I was trying to get on leaderboards during the review process and all this stuff. And then I went back and I happened to have people come over and I was like, you should try this. And it was one of those games that I think really is a bridge for other game where, where they can jump in and go, I, I look pretty cool. You know, I, mm. it's almost like Dragon Ball Z the, re, the, or, the <laughs> or Dragon Fighters, the one that came out where you could look cool even if you were just hammering one button, you'd be like, right. man, I look like a badass. And you're all, no, you're going to get your butt kicked. But you do, you do look cool. King's Bird is just one of those games that even though I've reviewed it, like Oxenfree or whatever, I'll return to multiple times. And um, I don't know what it is about those games, but I love games that you can get somebody else and say, I know you haven't used a controller or 
I know you haven't, you know, you played with mouse and keyboard very often, but they can get on them. They can still do something. Because a lot mm. of games have this odd, it's almost like we get too complex. And it, it, it's like getting a new person into it. Cause that's big for me. It's like new people getting it. We can't celebrate console sales every day and then pretend new people aren't buying them. Like right. those are new people and they need to get into these games. And um, yeah, it's fantastic. I think it's like nine, nine ninety nine or fifteen ninety nine. Um, it's not expensive, but so those are the so kind. Cool. Yeah, those are the kind of games that, like, when you get it in the first time, you leap off of a building and you have to use the momentum to go up and around like seven obstacles. You're just you, you like you were saying, where you feel smart. That's yeah. one of those times where you're like, I'm a badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, this is awesome. And of course, it looks pretty. Um, mm. Which I mean, speaking of graphics, like you were saying with Oberdeen. The, the thing I want to ask you, though, about Overdeen, what what are they trying to mimic graphically? They're trying to mimic like that weird, like what exactly are they trying to mimic? Because it looks odd the, to me. The screen is set originally to Macintosh, like an old school Macintosh screen, but you can oh, change it. You can change it to LCD. You can do uh, Commodore. You can like change it to different okay. types of old screens. Um, so if there's like a color palette that is easier on your eyes, there are other options. I found that Macintosh still was the easiest one. There's really? also two settings. There's sharp and there's smooth. Mm -hmm. um, actually, yeah, this is another problem that I had is when it's set to smooth, I can't alt tab out of the game. The oh. game like refuses to go away. It'll just sit there <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> like I can't even hit the windows button to get to my tool. Like it just won't let you do anything. <laughs> but if you if you have that problem and you set it to sharp, you'll be able to alt tab and do anything that you need to do. But um, yeah, you can you can set it to smooth or, or sharp. When it's sharp, everything is very crisp. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's smooth, everything is like a little bit blurry. I think, again, that was with the idea in mind of maybe if you need it to be a little bit easier to see, right. you might want to set it to smooth. I personally prefer sharp. I think it's easier to see sharp. Um, right. But it does. It gives you a couple of those options with trying to not sacrifice aesthetic, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Looks Thanks. awesome. It's great. I'm, I'm you gotta, playing, you gotta I'm play it. Odyssey, even though I know Jesse doesn't love it. Damn. Uh, sorry. Well, I'm 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 sorry. I just got distracted. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I said I know I know I know Jesse doesn't love it, but I'm I'm replaying Odyssey, and uh. I gotta say, uh, first of all, discovery mode. I love because oh, yeah. I, I, I turn off all the HUD anyway if I can and enjoy it that way. You but don't enjoy Witcher HUD? Pfft, no, what? I'm not. A, a, a matter of fact, I cover it in reviews because HUDs <laughs> usually bother me. Like there's too much data. They look like candy corn and shit is just stuck to your screen. But I got to <laughs> say, there's nothing more fun than Spartan kicking a mercenary into oh, the water I agree. and having a shark kill him. And you're like, motherfucker, don't ever come at me again. You're just I, like, uh... it, it's so many moment to moments uh, of enjoy, enjoyable time there. Go ahead. What you saying? No, I I I went back to it uh, after hating it for having sharks, but uh, <laughs> I went back and uh, I looked like I started doing the stuff on the starting island and started branching out and like the actual game is super fun. It's it's I'm I'm enjoying myself, uh, but at the same time I'm like, well, half the game's locked off to me because I'm not going in that fucking water. It's just not happening, and I don't oh, care. I I'm not. I'm not getting completed. Just not happening. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry for for just backtracking a little bit. You know, Dodger sold a game really well when I get a text from my mom that says, "Play Obra Dinn so I can play along." 
One hundred percent. What yes. just happened, Mama so, Cox? You should play that game. It's your brain will blow up. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, so you know that's gonna be big." Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no Odyssey. Play it. It's not bad. It's I'm having a blast playing it. It's just like they got me. They broke. Like, I now trust no water. There's there's a thing early on where like a woman's like, "Go get me the spear yep. of someone," yep. and you have to jump into the water. And the water's so deep and so creepy. After the shark encounter, I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm. "I don't know about <laughs> you. I saw the blue whale and I panicked like a mother. I I don't know what I <laughs> thought it was. I." I I thought it was a kraken or something, but the thing's just, and I'm, I was panicking in the water going, look, boy, you can see it in my review. Like I'm hitting buttons going, I have no clue what this fucking thing is. But yeah. one of the things I like about Odyssey is there's a flexibility in the combat that I think an Assassin's Creed game, like a lot of people miss. And mm -hmm. like the mercenary system, one of the things I found out was if you're having a problem with any of the bosses, you just do a bunch of bad shit, let them get to you and then pay them off. And now they're there fighting the monster for you. And you're like, yeah. You do that and they'll kill that they'll they'll get you through like you know i don't want to spoil it for people but there's some there's some particular creatures in there that you'll fight the boar fight at the starting which was a bitch for a lot of people um i do like i i i totally get that it didn't do anything new but i think sometimes it just improving some of the things i had issues with origins both technically as well as some of the way the game sure yeah worked and with odyssey it felt like it stepped those up which I think for me was one of the best parts and it's caused me to return, which is rare for me. I think Odyssey is just a better game than origins. Like it origins is. was too. fine. Here's the thing. It's like origins was better than the last outings we've had in Assassin's Creed, <laughs> but Odyssey is a better game than origins. Just hands mm. down. Oh, were you guys, who were you guys, by the way, who'd you play? I played as the guy, Alexios. I couldn't stand cast. the accent after Cassandra, a while. Oh, the VO was horrible. I, I just couldn't. Touched. So that's oh. why I liked him. Swarmy piece of shit. I loved playing him. He's like, how you doing? Everything about him was terrible. I, I don't know why I liked him. So much. <laughs> I, thought, were, I thought I did. I I, he, like when him. he's hitting I on that 80 year old lady, you're like, this <laughs> is the creepiest fucking cutscene I've ever seen in my life. I'm doing it. I'm like, in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in for two or three days. <laughs> like that was, that was a crazy cutscene, by the way. A lot of times I, I, I'll go through and I'll, I'll play with each of the characters, if not for any other reason than to see how much money they actually invested into yeah, diversifying right. the story and the responses. Yeah. And yeah, mm. it's basically the same responses. It's it like, is. hey, you're totally going to get with this chick after this horrendous thing just happened to everyone that she knows and loves. But no, y'all going to hit on each other and go smash that later. Yeah. <laughs> Those phoning it in on the VO. You mean on Mass Effect parts. romances, A, B, 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 A. Oh. <sighs> A -B 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 oh. It's still too soon. Still too soon. <laughs> it's been years. It's still too soon. Um, yeah, Jesse, um, what, what else have you been... Oh, you played a, a pretty interesting game that I watched the other day. What was it? Oh, man. Uh, are you uh, referring the to missing? The Missing? <laughs> yes, I Jim am. Jim Backfield in the Island of Memories? You were drunk, and it was amazing. <laughs> uh, for, oh, by the way, uh, uh, just going back to, to Odyssey real quick. I have a question, and I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but why does it appear that the voice actor who um, played... Oh my god, my brain just died. Uh, the guy from Deus Ex. Uh, why am I not... Why can't I remember his name right now? Which one? Jensen? What, what, what? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, Adam Jensen. Oh, okay. The guy played oh. Adam Jensen. I thought you meant somebody who like made the game. 
no, I'm, so, uh, I'm sorry. I just like forgot his name for some reason. The the, the actor who plays Adam Jensen is uh-huh. literally everyone over the age of 30 in Assassin's yeah. Creed Odyssey. <laughs> I can't like they all sound the same. Can't Every old man sounds like him. They're all like gravel voices. From mo- from moment one. When Leonidas is him, and you know it is. Oh, yeah. From that point on, every old man you encounter sounds like that. And you're like, they just have him do everything? I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. Voice actor <laughs> union. They were like, let's just use one guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's yeah. got a great voice, so I'm, I don't hate it. But it's like, wait, so the dad has the same voice? It's like and, playing and Skyrim, where every every third or fourth character is the same voice actor. Oh, like, yeah. Well, for for a while, I was like, wait, so... Is this guy supposed to be Leonidas? <laughs> I honestly was like, hold on. Did it's, Leonidas he's in live? Disguise. Oh, <laughs> I thought there was going to be like a plot twist that, like, of course Leonidas lived. I was like, get out of town. They're all Leonidas. <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix. Oh it was God. so bizarre. Anyway, uh, yeah. JJ Macfield. Uh, it's a game called The Missing. It is a QWERTY game. So we're talking the same guy, uh, Swerty. What did I say? QWERTY? Yeah. Uh, swerty game. <laughs> um, he is the guy behind the craziness that is D4. Uh, that was a very weird game. Um, and uh, he also is behind the delightful... Uh, come on, Brain, help me out here. You know this one. Uh, with the coffee, and it's like Twin Peaks, and it is... Deadly Deadly Premonition? Deadly Premonition, thank you. Well, yes. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, I'm a nerd, I know that one. I am fresh out of coffee and it is a long day ahead of me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's a QWERTY game. Um, so uh, <laughs> the uh, basic gist is that you are playing as what I think is very clearly done as a like lesbian romance. I think at the very beginning where it's you and your girlfriend, you go to this island and um it starts out very much just like you're sitting there and you start to hint like, you know, it's nice to spend time together. And then you go in for the kiss and then it fades to black. And then the first thing you hear is like, I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. And it's like backwards talk. You wake up in a dream. And from that point on, you are in a twisted messed up version of this Island where the only way to succeed is by repeatedly wounding and like killing yourself like that's that's the <laughs> so what? like yeah so what happens is the like the opening of the game i'll just describe to you the opening like you literally okay. are just running you're like you wake up and you hear a girlfriend calling you and she's like jj jj and you run off you start running down this this long like just running right and uh you go through the forest and eventually you slide down a hill and you end up with a giant ass monster standing over your body and you're looking at this and then the, then your girlfriend's like, oh no, and she runs away and the monster chases her. And then you run past your body and hands come up and like drag that body into the ground. You're like, is no one going to talk? Like, it's just bizarre. Okay. You keep going and then you en- you enter a field and in, in, in this field there is like, uh, oh, by the way, you're running with a stuffed animal that you have that I think your girlfriend gave you. I don't know. You're running with this animal <laughs> and you run into a field and lightning striking all around you and it's like, watch out for lightning. Lightning strikes a tree. The tree falls over. You almost get hit, and then you get struck by lightning, and you start burning alive. And you start rolling around on the ground, and you're screaming and stuff. At this point, the moose that's been in the background for 90% of this game that's been running around in the background runs up to you, stands up, and it's a doctor in a moose's mask. 
And the doctor's like talking backwards and he revives you and your stuffed animal vaporizes because it caught on fire. And then your stuffed animal calls you on the phone and is like, Hey, what's going on? What's happening? You and you're, sure this you're, wasn't a dream you this had. This is all Jesse? just the beginning. Is this all in the game? This is, <laughs> this, is, this is before the intro title starts and says the missing JJ McFadden. And a song plays. It's like, it is out of place. It's bizarre. And you walk through the credits. It's insane. And then um, the the your your stuffed animal calls you. It's like, JJ, what happened? I don't see you anymore. And you're like, what the? What are you talking about? What do you mean? What's going on? And your character doesn't understand. You like unlock secrets on your phone. You reveal the story on your phone. But meanwhile, you're going through this world trying to find your girlfriend. <laughs> and the only way you can avoid the monsters and solve puzzles is by literally. Sometimes there's uh, there's the very first puzzle that that really makes you do this is there is a um a drawbridge or like a bridge that's poorly balanced. And if you go to the end of it, you fall into spikes and the spikes like rip off your arm or rip off your leg or rip your torso off. And the way to do it is to drag oh. th that part of you back to the other side to balance it. Right. And then you fall through, then you press the Y button and you reform. And so that like, what, like what we just saw on the screen, the reason that you're able to get by that big monster that crushes your body is because there was already a you to crush. Is that the idea? So like, the past version of you distracted the monster so that the you of right now can move on. Like, I, I don't know about that monster yet. Uh, there's one part where the monster shows up and it can't kill you. But during that, like that, so there's, there's a part where you enter a church and the monster chases you out of the church. And one of the mechanics of escaping is letting the monster hit you a little bit so that when it hits you, your body explodes upward and you land on a thing that you press Y that allows you to get further away faster. So like you want to kind of get hurt sometimes and there's a lot of mechanics where there's secrets. I swear to God, uh, someone while I was playing on stream was like, no, no, go back. You need your head to do that. So literally, <laughs> literally you have to like destroy your whole body. So it's just a head. But if you destroy your head, you die and you have to restart a checkpoint. So you have to destroy your whole body. So it's just a head. Then you roll around as your head into small spaces to get donuts, which are like the collectibles. And it is so bizarre and crazy. Um, do you recommend this game? Oh my god, it is phenomenal. It's like okay. a very trippy, weird game that it definitely like. The thing is, is it isn't like gore per se. It definitely <laughs> has the like when you get hurt, it your limbs turn black. Like you, you don't see it. It's like black. It isn't like covered with blood. It isn't. There's like a gore element to it, but it's not something that is like in your face gory. Sure. Um, it's just bizarre. Like everything about it is weird. You are using your body parts to solve puzzles. You are uh, in order to get past thorns. Sometimes there's a there's a lantern we have to knock over and it sets the thorns on fire. Uh, thorns sets the thorns on fire. <laughs> but sometimes there's no lantern nearby, so you have to knock one down further away, set yourself on fire, and run forward into the thorns, and it will burn down the thorns. And this whole thing, Crazy. as it takes place, you start getting. Um, uh, messages from your family and friends and it unlocks the backstory all while you're trying to track down this girl in a world that is very very strange like you don't quite know what is happening and the game sets up at the beginning that it takes place on an island off the coast of Maine that the name of it is something along the lines uh, it's either like a native version of like the island of memories or something like that so the whole setup is this definitely is 
JJ going through some shit mentally and trying to come out the other side. And I don't know if it has to do with her relationship with the girl or her family issues or the the people in her life, but but everyone in her life is like a different trope. Like there's her mom who's very like trying to figure out what's going on and like bugging her constantly. The teacher who is a big nerd who's secretly going to conventions. The best friend who only wants her to go look at the YouTube channel they created. The like all of these, all of these like tropey things, like the one friend who's always out partying, that kind of stuff. And it mm. all clearly works in some way, but I don't know yet. I'm not far enough to know, but I do know that the the way they keep changing the puzzles is always really fun. Like hmm. at first it's, Oh, you're using your body parts to solve a thing. And the next time it's like, Oh, well you want to, there's like, um, like a crane with a giant wrecking ball. And if you get hit by the wrecking ball, it flips the entire screen upside down. And so your broken body version, like crawls along and solves puzzles. And then you can flip it again. It'll flip it back and you'll be normal again. And it's, it's, it's so, it's just like a weird, bizarre, incredibly, enchanting game that i can't even describe why i'm just like this is phenomenal but again uh, all the other games from this madman are the exact same way <laughs> they're weird they're just weird games that you can't put down so i would definitely recommend it it's it's cool the it best part really is the entire too. time he was explaining it it sounded like just random words he was putting together for every every <laughs> new part He's just like, and then there's a moose, and then your head, and then there's thorn, and you're just like, what the fuck? I'm it's letting you know the, uh, the very first that. yeah, the very first video I did, I was like, why is that moose? Oh my god, there's one. <laughs> just to let you know what kind of ridiculous game this is, at the very beginning, there's a squirrel. The squirrel's just like following you along, like, hey, and you start interacting with owls because owls help you get the donuts. And I was like, oh cool, owls get the donuts. And I'll just uh -oh. swoops down and grabs a squirrel. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> it's awesome. that kind of game. It's yeah. You know, th this game speaks to me on so many levels, if for no other reason than to be a troubled white woman with glowing blonde hair and coping through donuts. Mm. I love That's it. That's true. I love it. And, and the, the thing is, every so many donuts you collect, you unlock more uh, story and you also get art. In your phone, you get art, which is, here's what I will say. I take it back. There is gore in the art of the game. So like they have art and it's, at first it's just like JJ in different outfits. Oh, and you can also unlock new outfits for JJ, by the way, which are fabulous. Okay, great. Uh, but but it's like, oh, all of her outfits and all this stuff. And then you start getting into the art of like JJ with no arm and JJ like decapitated. Like, and you're like, oh, okay. But it's all done in pencil. So it just looks like it's supposed to be gory, but it's like very nice artwork. You're just like, mm, okay, sure. <laughs> it's such a weird game. I love it. This would be the game that Guillermo del Toro would make if he made games instead of movies. That's how <laughs> I feel about this. Yeah. Like the squirrel. It's like, come on, JJ. We must go to the end. If you want to live, you'll never survive. <laughs> like the frog in the tree. <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. yeah the one thing really I think cool. is, is great is that JJ just assumes it's all a dream from the get-go. Oh, she nice. like doesn't do that thing where she's like, I oh, what? She's like, this is bullshit. No, no, this is dumb. <laughs> she, the stuffed animal's like, JJ, come on. And JJ uses like emotes and all of her emotes are donut related. And there's one, it's one of my I favorite. Love this. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite ones is it is a, I think it's a donut with a gun pointed at the screen. And it just says, stop it on Like it's just this picture. <laughs> he's like, stop it. And Amazing. she uses that every time someone like gives her shit. It's so good. It's, it's a very bizarre, uh, 
storytelling experience and i love those i think the weirder the story you can tell that still like makes sense the the more i'm in i very much enjoyed the fact that you were not so much more confused i feel like you actually played it better when you were drinking when you played it the second time if that makes any sense well I, th I think well, yeah once you once you stop thinking the game becomes like easy to solve right and uh, that's why i just yeah. loved watching you play it when you were drinking so much because i was just like wow he's actually playing this better th through this playthrough than the original play what's going on <laughs> i loved it I, yeah i really understood stuff it, it, <laughs> i only died once and it's because i got hit by like 15 owls at the same time uh don't pro tip if you're gonna play this don't mess with the red-eyed owls. Those guys don't give a shit. They will kill your ass. Damn. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. Doctor, definitely. I think you would love it. I think it'd be a great playthrough. I'll have to play it. Yeah. Sure. All right. We are actually running over time right now. Um, <laughs> I had planned to talk about Red Dead for a while, but that's probably not happening now. Um, That's okay. You, next next time that we do this, oh, Red yeah. Dead will be we'll out, right? It. So we can actually talk about it. We'll all have it. the yeah. ultimate edition, which is like comes with its own horse nuts that change size depending on the temperature of your room. As per kidding? usual, I'll be the one person that's like, I haven't touched it and I don't care about Red Dead and everybody in chat will oh. be horrified. Oh, oh. Get it out now. Get oh, it out oh. now, chat. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't want to you don't want to get the collector's box that doesn't even have the game in it. Yeah, no shit. What? <laughs> What? Does not compute. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just run through releases real quick. Again, I could have done an entire extra hour on this segment for releases because we have a lot of stuff coming out. Um, Throne Breaker, The Witcher Tales is out now um, on PC via GOG. Um, mm -hmm. I got my press kit. Jesse Cox got his press kit. So, wow, sick. Ugh because we provided addresses to the right people at CD Projekt Red. Um, so yeah, if you're up for a single player campaign for Gwent, I've only played a little bit of it so far. It is interesting. Uh, sidebar, uh, do you guys uh, hear about the um, the Witcher Netflix thing and people decrying the whole, oh, well, Geralt wouldn't act that way towards Yennefer? Oh God, that was horrible. No, I, didn't, I don't know what... I don't know what you're referring to. Okay, sorry. The, the Netflix series for The Witcher is actually based off of the books and not off of the games. And um, I think it's David, what's his name? Uh, oh, no, Henry. Henry Cavill, who's the current uh, Superman, sure. Superman, he wants to play Geralt. He is, I think. I yeah. believe that's... Mm -hmm. and they already cast Jennifer and Siri too. Ever since I, I heard that he wanted to play Geralt, all I can think of is Gal Gadot playing Yennefer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know why, because Wonder Woman and Superman. Right. But yeah, I, just, right. I feel like that could be okay. a thing. Let's make that happen. No, um, they, ca they cast the show already. I'm like yeah, ready to crazy. go. Let's do it. But yeah, any, anything CD Projekt Red does these days seems to be okay. It's like they, they should lead the way. Just just lead the way. Um, just Dance 2019 also out because Ubisoft freaking cash cow. It's like you didn't make enough money off of Odyssey. Let's just boom, double it right here. So we can have uh, we can dance to things like Ariana Grande breaking up with her Saturday Night Live comedian, like mm, like we all knew that that was gonna last. No, guys, that was true love. Come on, <sighs> true love. They'll get back. They'll get back together. Yeah, give it time. Also in Just Dance 2019, Britney Spears, who last time I saw was on my Pepsi can and not 
like actually dancing to anything. Um, so yeah, October must be payday for Ubisoft. In order to listen to the rest of this rant, you will need to pay fifty nine ninety five. Castlevania <laughs> Requiem uh, on the twenty sixth for PlayStation Four from Konami. Um, <laughs> do not pick this up if you already have rondo of blood or symphony of the night because basically they uh did all the vo from the psp version it's not from the original there's no reason to pick this up unless you don't have the other two if you do if you don't have the other two then literally paying 20 bucks at 10 bucks a game for both of those worth but they didn't do much in terms of graphic updates or anything like that it's slightly smoothed but eh, no um, My Hero One's Justice out on October 26th, so for you My Hero Academia fans, that's an Animu fighting game because those are original and haven't been done before. <laughs> I saw that, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Call of Cthulhu, I, I'm probably going to have to talk about that more on uh, the next show. That is out on October 30th. Uh, I would haven't played it yet i've only seen the gameplay demos um that have been offered up and it's totally my thing it's totally brooks thing she just doesn't know it yet it is literally uh. sherlock Come yes. on. detectives are the detectives and you get to decide how good of a detective you are by putting skills in a tray hell Strength, yeah investigation eloquence eloquence is a skill oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> semi-open world investigative RPG with some branching aspects. Mm, different from Sunken City. Very different from Sunken City. So do not, you can't pit the two against each other just because it's Lovecraftian does not mean it's the same thing. They're different. Mm. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 Cash Scam. Uh, yeah, enjoy that $60 standard version if you want to be paywalled against the special edition and not getting two missions. Because that's a thing. Gating that, content. I always ate on, like, all those missions that they're like, there's two secret missions. They're never good. They're never they're good never missions. They're never good. Thank they're you. They're never. Every never. time they offer that in games, we're like, if you buy the extra $20 version, you get access <laughs> to two additional, they're never worth your money. Never. Ever, ever, ever. But, Don't fall for it. but in the special edition, I also get gameplay boosts. So that way I can like boost my way through playing the game that I just paid hardcore money to play. This was my Assassin's Creed Odyssey rant all over again. You guys have already heard it. Not going to go I through bought, it. I didn't buy any. I bought the basic bitch version. And I'm oh, the so $60 proud. version? <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. bought. There's no need to buy any of that stuff. It, oh, uh, it's insane. But you don't want a world map. You don't want a racehorse with exceptional speed and a special no. saddle. You don't want no. a, a talisman so you can no. like equip it and, and play the game easier. Nope. Access to three weapons that you otherwise would have to like pay lots no, of money for. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. No, I'm fine. Um, yeah, but, but, but there's also an ultimate edition, which isn't the, really the ultimate edition because there's a collector's box that you can buy in sure. tandem with any because they did it that way so you would have the choice to buy any edition of the game, the actual game, because the collector's box doesn't have it, that you want. They're all about choice, guys, Rockstar. All about choice. Um, Except when and, it comes to crunch. Yeah, and of course there are pre-order perks. No, no. Which is basically another horse, an outlaw survival kit, early download, which you can already start downloading it now. Um, 
There was also, you get some bonus GTA online cash because people are still playing. Actually, my son is still playing that, so I can't say that they're not playing that. They are. <laughs> and of course, that's scaled based on what version you you play as well. Like standard, you get 500,000 GTA cash, special 1 million, and then ultimate 2 million. Yeah. So uh, any, I, I hate these tiered special edition, ultimate edition, game of the year, freaking not even game of the year yet edition that will most likely come out in like a week's time when they get all the sales figures in. Rockstar, you're a piece of shit. But we're all probably going to play this stupid game. So yeah. And that's pretty much that for through next week. I won't talk about the stuff coming up in uh, the beginning of November because we're not quite here yet. Um, next week, just so you guys know, for the podcast, it may be a live podcast as in all of us together in the same room because I'll be heading out to the west coast for BlizzCon so that's a thing to look forward to I don't know what uh, we're gonna do I mean it's there's the possibility that it could happen but also I don't the know the possibility that, that Jesse have... has something else going on <laughs> no I just don't know that any of us have the room anywhere to fit three people mm. in a <laughs> I don't know I don't know that any of us have that space in an office somewhere True. But if we can find it, we'll find it. Mm. It may just be three people who are very, very close to each other. <laughs> who could walk just from one room to another. Really hot right next to each other. Just rubbing mm. up against... Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> could just yes. be three people all in proximity of each other. Yeah, I like so it. I, we don't know yet. I will post it on Twitter and whatnot when I know what it is that we are doing. Um, so, yeah, wrapping it up, um, what is coming up on your guys' channels? What's coming up? Who wants to go first? Um, I'm same as usual, just doing streams. Uh, I've been trying out some night streams. So we actually uh, did lots of Oberdinning this last Sunday. So if you wanted to uh, watch some deep dive over Din, that happened um, last Sunday and that VOD is up on my channel. Um, but uh, yeah, I stream pretty much every day and you can find me at Dex Bonus and you can find me at Dex Bonus on everything else. Come come for the anime goofs. Stay for the anime goofs. <laughs> <laughs> Go play Jackbox Party 5 or whatnot. There are <laughs> so a couple that. good games in that. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jesse? What's going on on your channel this week? Oh uh, God! Now some um, Oberdin with your mom. I would, I would I love mean, that maybe. video. I would love that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, a co-stream with his mom. <laughs> I, I want that in my life. We are uh, going to have some of Thronebreaker on the channel, uh, mostly because I want to play that really, really bad, and uh, just some more of the delightful JJ Macfield from my drunken streams. And um, probably going to check out uh, the game The Hex for Fan Friday because Ooh. it apparently is by the same team that made Pony Island. So I'm expecting <laughs> yeah, shit. The Hex. Awesome. Um, um, and let's see. I'm doing, uh, well, yes. a, a, Western, a Western game. I'll be doing a so review what would of that. that. Be? What game is uh, that? Yeah, Gun Two. It, it could also oh. be. I like it. <laughs> Any, anything close to like open world where choices matter, yeah, ripple effects. Yeah. Nah. Might be. Might be. Um, and then uh, I'll do a walking the walk game development with video. We're trying to get a hold of somebody at Rockstar who's actually going to answer and cool. and try to get them to do uh, a video with us. Usually those are like cool. an hour and a half long where we talk about little hidden shit that's going on in the game. <laughs> and then um, probably Call of Cthulhu will be the next one. Which, nice. strangely enough, I'm more 
interested in that than almost any game like in the next couple months there's same cannot wait <laughs> there's that and um the the quiet man which is november 1st which is why i haven't been quiet talking man? about it uh it was during the e3 it was that crazy e3 trailer this it's a squeenix game where the dude is mute and it's quiet and oh right, right. that's yeah, right that one. yeah that's yeah. right i remember yeah, that, yeah. That <laughs> it com is. comes out november 1st i was trying not to talk about it but i'm gonna talk about it <laughs> but yeah so that and uh call of Cthulhu are actually two that i'm really looking forward to versus some of the AAA stuff that everybody else is jonesing for at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I did want to uh, mention briefly uh, your the international podcast that happens on yeah. your channel. Um, so, you know, definitely check that out. You guys did, what was it, episode 107? I know you guys had uh, Brian Fargo on a couple weeks ago, and we had him on as well to do. Yeah, uh, I saw it. I watched stuff. that one. Oh, yeah, cool. dude, Brian was, Brian's awesome Brian's anyway. Like, he's He's Love been Brian. one of those guys that's always really open about stuff. Yeah, we do it every Friday at uh, 10... 10.30 Pacific time. And uh, we usually try to have a developer. Like we've had the guys from Surge, uh, or the yeah, the Surge on. We've had uh, Fat Shark, I told you about uh, mm. a couple times. So yeah, it's just, it's people from all over the world instead of like just America. Because after talking to a couple of people, they're like, dude, the game's $80 here where I was, you know, <laughs> talking about being 60 where I am. Sure. So we just decided to grab these people from Norway. Um, one's from Aus Austria. And then, uh, ones from you know the east and and then myself and it yeah it's a blast i mean in, in twitch i gotta say thanks to everybody who watches because it is definitely a different um mentality <laughs> than than you see on on youtube nothing mm. against you but you certainly notice yeah thanks so much for coming on the show today yeah it's um, been a blast i did want to direct people at least to your channel if for no other reason if you don't watch any of his other content definitely check out the uh buy wait for sale rent never touch series because i just I like it. It goes over Thanks. all of the aspects and it doesn't assign some random arbitrary number to things. Like, so yeah, I give it 10 out of 10. There <laughs> we go. 7.9 <laughs> or 8.1, which is yeah. different and why. Um, yeah. So again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, next week, I have no idea what's going to happen. Stay tuned to my Twitter feed and, and we'll see where things end up. Um, Maybe we'll have a show next week. Here's hoping. Uh, if we don't, then I'll come back from BlizzCon and and we'll have a lot of uh, the gun to talk about, perhaps. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gun too. Man, if the gun would only get a PC release, that would be amazing. <laughs> Real ass gun too. Yeah. It's a good game, maybe. <laughs> Also, um, brief shout out to my friend who is manager over at the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, who I happened to see at the mall this past week. I love you, guy. I'm not going to say your name because I want people to dogpile on you, but you made my day. Aww. Give me that 10% discount on all of my chocolate <laughs> needs. <laughs> I was in need of chocolate. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, as always, to my beloved co-hosts, Brooke and Jesse. Thanks for being here and tolerating us. Thank you again, Carrick, for agreeing to to in, delve into this lunacy where we pitch. It is a little loon. It, it is a little Still bit. not on the blacklist. You didn't go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You'll have to come back and try. I was hoping the horse testicles joke would get me on there, but I just got to keep. No. I just got to keep plugging away. We love horse testicles. That's what <laughs> we do. <laughs> that, 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 horse testicles. So delicious. Yeah, no. <laughs> Big fans of horse testicles. <laughs> Big fans. <laughs> Yeah. I hope this becomes a co-optional animated someday. <laughs> It'd be great. Uh, we love them. We love them all. <laughs> I love you, Jesse Cox. 
Go co-stream with your mom. I'd pay. Yeah. I, I would sub. I would. I, I would, would get a pay. lifetime sub for that. I would do it. I would do it. I already have one. But uh, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. This has been the Co-Optional Podcast, and we will see you next time. Mwah. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>